Welcome to Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is uh, Tuesday, November 24th, and this is episode 61 of the Pineapple Couch. You'll probably be listening to this on Wednesday, the 25th, but let me be the first one to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, happy early Thanksgiving. Uh, we got a very <clears throat> jam-packed episode for you guys today because there's a lot going on. NBA free agency is about wrapped up now. It was pretty pretty strange free agency that me and Josh are going to be talking about that at the start of the show. And then after that, we'll get the whole gang on. We'll have Christo, Kyle, Big Dog, Josh, me, Eric, and we'll be breaking down um, NFL. We're already at week 12, right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Jesus. That's depressing. Um, and then we'll be giving our best bets and talk about some of the Thanksgiving Day games. But without further ado, let's get into NBA. Let me welcome on to the program, good friend, basically on every single show, Josh Bilker. Josh, how you doing, my friend? Great, actually. This is this has been a good day so far. Good week in general. Just feeling a lot of like good vibes right now. Good vibes all around. Thankful, yeah. thankful to do, be on this podcast with you, Josh. How about that? that Me as well. Good. Me as well. Um. All right. Let's get into this NBA stuff. We haven't talked about NBA in a bit. Um. I mean, the the first thing we need to address, and it's just it's sad. It's a sad open. I mean, Clay Thompson yeah. out for the year, torn Achilles. Fuck. Yeah. Just it's. A big I mean. It, he's pretty much one of the most – I mean, who doesn't like Clay Thompson? I know. Like, he's my favorite warrior, like, by a long shot. And, I mean, I don't I don't have, like, a strong resentment for the Warriors, as I probably should, considering Clippers mm-hmm. fan. But, I, yeah, you cannot hate Clay Thompson. He's just such a good dude, great teammate by all accounts, great interview. E, not that I've had the pleasure, but – uh, that would be great. Yeah, but he's he's a great dude, and it's and it's a fucking shame. It really is, especially just given the Warriors' bad luck over the past couple of years. It's just it sucks. It really does. It sucks. And um, I mean, he's coming off the torn ACL, it tears his Achilles in a workout in Southern California. Um, this is there's a lot of ways to look at this because with Clay being gone, I legitimately thought, and this wasn't biased, the Warriors team with Clay this year. That was a finals contender. Absolutely. That that was a team that was gonna mess around. They're a little rested, and obviously, when you lose Clay, I think Clay is like a top fifteen, top twelve player in the league, especially in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, it, it's hard to bounce back from that. I still think the Warriors will be competitive. I still think that they'll make the playoffs. But instead of being around the two, three, maybe one seed, they're gonna be around the five, six, seven, yeah, maybe. It's- yeah, I think they're going to be competing probably with the Suns, unfortunately, now, probably for those near the uh, bottom playoff spots, I would feel, mm-hmm. is my guess. Yeah, so that'll that'll be interesting. Um, it, it just sucks. Um, and now, really, when you think about the Warriors' season, it's all about Andrew Wiggins. And then, so let yeah. me explain this. Or I guess Wiseman as well. Wiseman is key because what if Wiseman's better than Embiid or something? You know, that's huge. But, <laughs> um, I mean, second pick in the draft. AK, I mean, with uh, potential, of course. Yeah, with Andrew Wiggins though this season now, no Clay, it's really all on him. Is like if Andrew Wiggins, which most people don't think he can, if he could make some sort of step or some sort of leap, that would maybe change things for this Warriors team because they obviously add Ubre, which I think was a great move. I agree. And Wiseman, yeah. I think, is going to be good. So it's it's and it sucks saying that because it's like you're depending on Andrew Wiggins and that has never really seemed to work out in the NBA. How do you read this? Isn't that kind of what you well, think? So I still think though. I mean, we've had maybe like ten to fifteen games right with Wiggins on the Warriors. Not even right. Just like that end mm-hmm. of the um, the deadline to uh, the COVID uh, break, and 
I still think that there's a chance. That was the biggest upside about Wiggins moving to a new area is that the Warriors have a great culture, great coach, great training staff, and Steph Curry as a teammate. I mean, there's a chance that he can still turn his whole career around and completely get his ass in gear. And that's, to me, that was the biggest problem about Wiggins, like his entire career was the motivation where a lot of people saying is that he just didn't like playing basketball. He just wasn't his biggest priority in life. And I think there's still a chance they whip his ass into shape. Draymond Green kicks his ass a little bit too. I like easily. I think this uh, Wiggins could completely turn his how we view him around right now. This that season. would be huge. I mean, yeah. and when you think of Wiggins when he was coming out of college, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, he was athlete. so freaking good. Yeah, yeah. Great so score. let's hope. Um, and then just the pairing of last thing on the Warriors, the pairing of Ubre and Wiggins. I really like. I mean, again, we got to get the defensive effort from yeah. Wiggins, but two switchable. Long like one of them's gonna wings. hit. You know, like I feel, I feel confident. Well, Ubre's already guys, gonna hit. Exactly, Ubre's not guaranteed, but I Ubre, I've, I think Ubre has a higher floor than Andrew Wiggins. I think that so makes too. Sense. Which was weird that he kind of got passed around by you know the Thunder. I thought the Thunder were gonna keep him in all honesty because he's kind of a younger dude. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, but whatever. They I mean, just are addicted to draft picks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, so let's go to the next piece of news that we have. Chris Paul went to the Phoenix Suns last week. Josh, he joins Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. What is the ceiling for this Suns team? Um, Ceiling is second-round exit, I'm going to say. Uh, I still don't think that mm. they're, they're a finals contender at all yet. But and that that's what worries me too about this trade. And I we talked about this two weeks ago. We love this this for Chris Paul and just this as a landing spot in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess there's potential if Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden like make just huge strides this season, like where Aiden also yeah. becomes an All Star. Booker's already kind of already made that, but I see he needs to make yeah, another. No, 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 one. no I'm saying is he needs to be like up, up, like just a little bit more, like yeah. All NBA level good, which he kind of was in the mm-hmm. bubble. So maybe if he can sustain that, that's what we kind of forget. Is I'm not forget they Phoenix loves talking about it, but they were eight no in the bubble, undefeated, beat some good teams, um, and for mm-hmm. the playoff hunt. And I think uh, Monty Williams, great coach. I think he's proven that. And I still just don't think that their, I think their ceiling isn't as high as it could be or should be because I don't know what Chris Paul has left in the tank potentially too. But I still love this mm-hmm. as a fit because we saw how good Devin Booker was last year with Ricky Rubio. Chris, it's simple logic and and you know arithmetic. You know Chris Paul's better yeah. than Rubio. It's, it's so simple. It should that. be better. Yeah. They they're going to be um, feisty. Yeah. They're going to be feisty, though. They're going to have a little edge to them, I feel like. Absolutely. Chris Paul will give them that edge. They're still young. Like, the whole team is pretty mm-hmm. young, and they got some good veterans. They signed Jay Crowder, who um, That's didn't, a good love, move. didn't love him on the Heat. But, yeah, he's a great veteran, good 3 and D guy. Uh, takes too many threes, though, probably. But, and then they also signed. Yeah. Uh, they drafted uh, Jalen Smith, who was, like, another one of those kind of, like, kind of a reach player but like one of those guys that they were going straight for like role players rather than like high upside so mm-hmm. great I, yeah, I, I maybe like like their offseason a lot yeah they have a good core definitely right now um let's go to the next thing we're gonna talk about the bucks there's two things here but first of all drew holiday joins the bucks i believe it was like for three first round future first round picks it was a three-way Four. deal that ever um, four. Wow, Jesus. Four. And in Celtics. this deal, uh, the Pelicans ended up getting sent Bledsoe, I believe. Stephen Adams went to 
the Pelicans. Yep. The Bucks obviously got Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a great addition to this Bucks team. I, I like it. I um I it's not it doesn't do it for me though. And let me tell you why. Because I think Drew Holiday is a great, great player who can be unbelievable defensively and is a good offensive player. But I wasn't looking for a Drew Holiday type player here for the Bucks. I wanted a more a guy who wanted the ball more. And you're gonna be people might listening to this might be like, oh what? Giannis will handle the ball. Well, I think we've seen how it's going when Giannis is the only playmaker at the end of games. It's tough. Every it's just he's going against four people, and so allowing somebody to come in and Drew Holiday can do this somewhat, but not to the level of a guy like I mean Chris Paul and other playmakers in the NBA. It's just you want to get that give Giannis those breaks, so sometimes he could be the role man in a pick and roll, and can be crashing the basket and rim running and not always exerting 120% energy on both ends of the court the whole game in the playoffs because that's going to – your shots are going to miss short. Your free throws – that's what's going to happen. And I think Giannis is incredible. I just think he needs another playmaker, and I don't know if Drew Holiday is that is that much of a playmaker for them to win it all. And that's the thing with the Bucks is like I'm criticizing – I'm not criticizing it, but I have such high hopes for the Bucks or high standards that, in my opinion, the Bucks it's championship or bust. So when I look at this, Drew Holiday, a great piece, they still don't have that playmaker. The the that's you got to have a playmaker. I think a little better than Drew Holiday. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I think for me, uh, the problem is with this deal is the the price to me is almost too. It's too high for Drew it's Holiday. It's crazy considering he's he's a one time All Star, never made an All NBA team. He's made the uh, defensive team uh, twice. I think the past two seasons, not this season though. Um, he did win teammate of the year, I guess, but I mean, that's one of those like, kind of like, Ooh, congratulations kind of awards. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, so in all accounts, he's a great guy for the locker room and I'm assuming Giannis wanted him. So that's probably why they made the deal. But again, you mentioned Chris Paul and they could have gotten him for way less, um, probably for a Bledsoe swap and maybe one of those first round picks probably would have done it. And I think that would have been a better fit for everybody in that case where you get this veteran guy that's going to be taking charge and, you know, getting on people's asses type thing. He's Chris Paul's an ass kicker is the thing. And I like ass kickers on a championship team. So I think uh, it's it's I mean, I think there's theoretically a way they could have gotten Holiday and Chris Paul. Think about it. Potentially. They could have sent Bledsoe. Think about this. They could have sent Bledsoe and a pick to Oklahoma City to get Chris Paul, correct? And yeah. then they could have used those other picks they had left over combined with Brooke Lopez's contract and sent that to New Orleans for Drew Holiday because the Pelicans were looking for a big man in Steven Adams. Maybe they'll take Brooke Lopez because he can shoot. Yeah. But the Bucks, I think, and that's, that's kind of an unfair criticism by me. I mean, it's obviously they – I don't know if they could do that. We don't know. But the thing that fucked the Bucks over the most, Josh, and I want you to take yeah. the lead on this, is the Bogdan – Bogdanovich trade being essentially just vetoed by the NBA so basically they it leaked that they had basically already agreed on a deal and the NBA is cracked down and basically said well (laughs) Milwaukee you're not getting Bogdan and that is essentially what happened Josh fill in the details for the listeners 
Well, so what we just talked about, about what the Bucks should have done and could have done, I think might have been somewhat contingent on getting Bogdanovich was part of the reason yeah. they probably did that. And that's still, so that's stuff, right? I mean, so you lose Bogdanovich. Um, it's shitty, right? Uh, whoever's side it was, whoever's fault it was. Apparently also Bogdan didn't really agree to it as well on top of that. Like he wasn't, he'd never like agreed to sign and trade for a, uh, a spot to feed. What a or, colossal uh, mistake! Yeah, no, I, I, and exactly. By someone the, both. I agree, and it just seems weird where the NBA picks and chooses when to, you know, step in, especially. And it's like, okay, great point because, for the most part, this rule of like not doing that was put in place because of for teams, I guess, like the Lakers or the yeah. bigger market teams where they're negotiating before the thing. And it's funny yeah. that the first time they really cracked down on it, it's a small market small fucking market team. team. It's Milwaukee. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it, it sucks. But also if you're Giannis and you see that they just fucked up that so hard and so publicly, is a little part of you like, I mean, what the fuck? Am I going to sign here for six more years? Or I mean, I think you still will, but that was... I just thought that the Bucks kind of... They fucked up in another way, too, with... Um, they over-signed... They, paid, they overpaid for Pat Connaughton when they didn't need to do that offer. She, there was a couple financial mistakes that the Bucks just made. Yeah, that, I'm paying Middleton still is the max deal. You kind of had to, but then letting uh, 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 Brogdon, Brogdon go, too, last year was a huge mistake as well mm -hmm. uh paying p playing beds blood so like 20 million a year too that extension i think their brooke lopez ago. contract is a mistake too yeah probably and so again i mean we've you know we've hampered on this point uh i think for the past year or so too that it's very cleveland early lebron years still is that they're overpaying yep. certain guys and i just don't know if Giannis is able to see the writing on the wall like LeBron was and be smart enough to get out in time type thing and for his career because Giannis has the potential to be, what, like a top 10 player in the NBA, like history? I mean, and he might Theoretically, just Theoretically, yeah. It. He just, he might mm -hmm. squander it by just, by staying loyal and being an all-around nice guy. And I, I, you know, I think, I don't think anyone hates Giannis, right? I think that's probably fair to say. No, I love and, Giannis. Exactly, right? So he's just like a lovable dude. I want and the Bucks to do well. It's just I, do too. I am just I don't think they're going to for these reasons and I wanted them to fix it and just, you know, didn't really. Yeah, I, maybe, I think maybe Drew Holiday will prove us wrong. That's that's the big thing is I think Drew Holiday might be a bigger asset than I think we're valuing him right now. And especially I mean, to I Giannis. think he's good. I've just seen yeah, him. No, no, no. So I, I just like, agree. I know we both think he's good and we've both watched him for so long, mm -hmm. I feel like. It's not like I mean, he's going to go there, and he's going to do Drew Holiday things. He's going to be a great teammate. He's going to be a great defender. He's going to be an above-average, I mean, to good, great offensive player. He's not as much of a, like, ball-dominant person, but he can definitely yeah. – um, is a great offensive player. He's a decent shot. Um, but I don't know. Maybe Giannis takes a leap and Drew Holiday takes a leap by playing – I don't Oh. Again, the Bledsoe swap though to me is huge. Still, to to get to replace Bledsoe for Drew Holiday is just a huge win. I mean, because they oh, he yeah. can do Th everything Bledsoe can do, albatross. and is way better teammate from again all accounts, and also is just better offensively. Also on top of that, arguably better defensively too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, let's jump into some trade stuff. Uh, there's three players, three former All Stars. Um, two all-stars currently that are requesting trades 
You have James Harden, trade rumors um, with the Houston Rockets. You also have Russell Westbrook, trade rumors with the Houston Rockets, and John Wall requesting a trade from the Washington Wizards. Let's start with James Harden. The first thing about this James Harden requesting to go to Brooklyn and being specific about it after literally the Rockets are his creation where he made – he told them what to do, who to sign, trade for Russell Westbrook. I'm going to hold the ball the whole time, and they always fall short. And so now he's like, okay, now I want to go to the Nets. And it's just – the contract just means nothing anymore in the NBA. And I have a point to make about this, Josh, because every time you bitch – or not you, just I or anyone (laughs) bitches about like a player – leaving or doing that like doing something like that it's like oh you're not pro player oh my god that's how could you not you're gonna go you're pro billionaire and so you're immediately like oh well i guess i'm pro player but then i was thinking about it and you know what i am josh i'm Mm -hmm. pro fan i am pro fan so i want my team so if that happened to my team and someone was like oh this is a bad situation i don't want to be here i am not going to be pro player i'm going to be pro team I want my team to do well. So I still think it's Bush League and it's bullshit that they're just doing this. And what's going to happen when the CBA comes up, the players are going to get wrecked, hit by a fucking train with these owners. The ratings going down. They're not going to have attendance because of money in some of the games, which is going to send money skyrocketing down. Um, the amount of resting players in the regular season I think heavily diminishes the value of a regular season TV deal to some of those like primetime slots like TNT and ESPN um, and I think that the players are in for a wake up because they've been running the house and it's like okay there are no rules and so get ready for when the people who are in charge are like okay you guys did this for the last 8 years now I don't want that happening anymore and you're going to get fucked what do you think Josh? No, I, I think I agree. I don't think it's going to go necessarily as full on like, you know, NFL, let's say, you know, where it seems like very much, you know, owner control on a lot of the things uh, where I think mm-hmm. the players are still going to be able to maintain their platform. But you're you're absolutely right. I mean, for all these signs and whatnot, it's they lost the China deal last year for Maury as well. Uh, the money's down. COVID's a problem. I think for sure there's there's going to be some major changes. I don't necessarily know what that's going to look like, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we maybe see. I don't know if it's the end of the player empowerment era, but it's it's definitely going to be limited for sure. I I've there's sure going to be a response. Yeah, there's Absolutely. definitely going to be a response to it. I mean, because so, the small market teams are getting fucked right now. You have Anthony oh, Davis so much. getting out. Uh, Giannis potentially leaving next year, and that's going to be just another huge blow for a small market team. And it's like, why even have a small market NBA team anymore? Yeah, exactly. So, so that's my small market rant. I like it. To James Harden. Yes. Do we think he's going to the Nets? <sighs> yes. I, I'm going to say yes. It's it's still really up in the air. I don't know if it's going to happen before the season starts is the one thing. I mm-hmm. kind of hope it does. But I think yes because the Rockets have so much turnover in the front office. Head coach, they just changed as well. They just traded away Covington, which it might be just the um, – the floodgates. That was a big up. sign. Yeah. 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 And we, you, we so talked we think about he's going to Brooklyn night. then? I mean, I think so, right? I mean, because he, Harden is a guy, since he is what, like alpha, whatever in the league as far as like player skill, whatever you want to say, uh, amount he of. He's not the most skilled power. player. I know. I, but like, you know, just as far as big names, you know, top oh, yeah. I mean, guy is what I mean more so. He's guys have gonna, never made it to the finals. <laughs> he's gonna he's Keep going. gonna go to where he wants to go 
and he won't have it any other way. Just like Anthony send him to. I think, wasn't it Kyle in the group chat who said send him to fucking Cleveland? <laughs> that would be so awesome if one owner was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm fucking sick of this. I'm gonna send a message. You know what? You're going to Cleveland, James Harden. That would be hilarious. He, that would be so good. Yeah, he just probably just wouldn't play. Like, I don't know. And then he would just force his way out of Cleveland, I'm, I'm guessing, right? I, I don't know exactly how that would go down, but that would be fucking fascinating. Then what if they're like, well, sucks, James. You have two years left on your contract, and if you don't play, you're not getting paid. I feel like they should be able to do that. But honestly, it's not going to be – it's still kind of like a drop in the bucket for Harden because he makes so much money on sponsorships, endorsements, and everything else that I don't think they're going to drop. And he's still probably – I mean, I don't know. We're talking about the guy that's also dropped, like, millions in one nights at strip club. So, you know, like, uh, who knows what his financial situation is, but I'm assuming yeah, it's probably true. pretty good considering uh, Texas, I don't think, has any uh, uh, income tax either. So yeah, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he goes to fucking Brooklyn, that'll be a new thing. Yep. Um, so, on, let's go to his teammate, Russell Westbrook. I mean, does he have a trade market? Your Clippers were rumored, but I wouldn't want him. No. Let's quickly go. What do you think about that? I mean, that's the thing, too, is, again, he's going to want to go to uh, some kind of contending team, but the contending teams don't fucking want him. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. And I don't think Westbrook— hurt them. Yeah, I don't think Westbrook is a big enough, uh, you know, personality name or whatever to, you know, mandate a trade like Harden is you know he's he's not going to be able mm-hmm. to go to player's choice wherever he wants he doesn't have goodwill with the organization and it's just the market's not there now the the only thing that was talked about which again makes no fucking sense at all is the other guy you mentioned John Wall is swap mm-hmm. for point guards you just swap Westbrook for Wall that'd be fucking stupid but I mean I don't know yeah, it changes be. scenery I, I guess it's it, not stupid. I guess it just it just doesn't make any sense. Rather, like it just doesn't do anything for either team really, unless you just want to split up Wall because he's toxic and vice versa for Westbrook because you want him. Away yeah, Houston. I mean, it was just so funny how predictable it was that Russell Westbrook in Houston was a bad idea, <laughs> and they're like shocked it didn't work. Um, and I just I John Wall and Westbrook, I just wouldn't want either. No, Contract-wise, play style. Let so them rebuild you. their value, but also I think, you know, if I'm, again, like a small market team, do what Chris Paul did last year for Thunder. I think they're completely different teams, right? Where you have like a season for, for like a Pistons should go get Wall then. That's I think Wall would probably be the better bet, in uh, in my opinion, Same. for, for um, better chance just because he hasn't played in two years. He's fresher. He might have lost a lot of speed, though. That's the only thing I'd worry about. But he's probably better fit for a lot of teams. But yeah, you get it. You get it like a rebuild year, like a gap year to just kind of rebuild your value up and just see how that goes. And it's worked out really well for Chris Paul and the Thunder. Completely different mm-hmm. style of player. And you know, Chris Paul, I thought, you know, I predicted that he was going to have a positive effect on that organization. Whereas mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. But like, why not? If you're I don't. I can't think of what has who has cap space because Charlotte was the team I probably had pegged for this kind of way ball. station. And then they got Ball and Hayward. So I mean, so makes no sense. Orlando. Orlando would be cool. Um, they. I think they're actually. They have a lot of money on the books too, though, because I think they have. Um, they have. It's uh, kind of good though, because they could flip the contracts then, because you're going to need something to match that. So Valanciunas and I think they're paying Aaron Gordon a good amount too, and yeah. Fournier as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Vucevic, right? Yeah. Who? Did, what did I say? Valanciunas. Yeah. Vucevic. Yeah. Is right. I almost yeah. just. I just yeah. picked the, in my head though when you said that I just pictured Valanciunas in a uh, a Magic uniform and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. that's him. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, let we got about ten minutes left before we get into some football. So um, I wanted to talk to you next about the team I hate. Uh, getting Marc Gasol, C.J. Matthews, C.J. Matthews, Wes, Wes, Wesley. Matthews. I am fucking up names lately. Wesley yeah. Matthews. I knew that. I'm just because I write in my notes, I just write the last names, and then I fuck with myself. Montrez mm-hmm. Harrell. So they get Gasol, Matthews, Harrell. Um, they resigned Pope. Um, the Lakers retooled pretty well. I um, I don't love Harrell. I'll say that. I think he's a defensive liability. Absolutely. And um, I don't know. The the Lakers, it, it, fuck you, LeBron. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think they are coming away as one of the big winners in this free agency. They, they I, I again, I mean, not to toot my own horn again, but they they uh, uh, strengthened their roster, like I called uh, two two weeks ago. Uh, with the Anthony Davis kind of flexibility because you have him as like a guarantee to re-sign. You're able to brush up against the cap and get whoever you want. So they got Schroeder, Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul to replace Dwight Howard and JaVel McGee is just ridiculous, honestly. Yeah, just facing just, the floor. that sucks. Great defensive so player, nice. rim protector. Probably can play more minutes than both those guys as well. Uh, Harrell, I, again, I fucking hate this signing for multitudes of reasons. Uh, I can get into that a little bit later. Or I can get into it right now. Your call. Tell me. Yeah. I yeah. just uh, before you get into it, I just found that C.J. Matthews is a campus pastor at uh, <laughs> the Bethany Church of Columbia, Maryland. So yeah, well maybe he can play there ball. There you go. So yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a chance. You know? We'll see. Go for it. Yeah. So Harold. All right. So here's my Harold rant. I've been thinking about this all day. I uh, the last couple of days because I saw he he signed over the weekend to the Lakers. I'm a Clippers fan, so I'm going to preface that first. I hate this. Like, I absolutely hate this on almost every angle also. One, obviously, the Clippers losing Harrell for for nothing sucks. I'm glad he's gone, though. I wanted him to leave just because I didn't want them to pay him. Zubak is better. He is much better. Uh, Way better defender, better role runner. Clippers play better with him. Exactly. So... He took the mid-level exception to play with the in-town rivals, the Los Angeles Lakers. $9.5 million a year when I guarantee $20 million was out there. Even for all accounts, the Clippers also were going to offer him yeah. around that range. So he turned that down to play with LeBron and Anthony Davis as a six-man. Not even So that was the thing, too. Is I thought for sure he was going to be a starter somewhere because he's a big personality. He wants to be an impact player. Yeah, because um, that was also part of allegedly part of the Clippers collapse in the playoffs was that Harrell was had diva tendencies. Apparently, they were saying it was also Paul George, of course, and we've talked extensively about that as Beta. well. But yeah, Harrell was also part of the reason was he kept asking for the ball and he was, for all accounts, ineffective um, in the playoffs. So he yeah, took definitely. less money to play behind Anthony Davis in this stupid fucking role. He also has not made money in his career. He, he just came off his biggest contract with $6 million the, a year. He's like the third best. He's their fourth best option as a big man. Because I would say you have obviously Davis and Gasol, and then LeBron's better big man than him. I agree. Yeah, and it just doesn't make any sense basketball-wise. The only thing that I like from the Lakers' end, I guess, if I'm being nonpartisan, is 
you sign him away from a rival is was great. Yeah. But yeah, he he this was his all-time high values coming off his best season. He just won 6 man of the year and he signs for 9 million dollars a year. I I I just don't fucking understand it. And that's that's just Yeah. That's bullshit, you know. It's it's weird. It's a petty move maybe. I don't know. That dude seems like it's just a head case. Let's get to the next uh topic I got for you. Hayward to the Pelicans and for the second straight offseason or Hornets. Jesus Christ. I have it written down as Hornets. Hayward to the Hornets for the second straight offseason. Uh, the Boston Celtics let a max player leave without getting anything. Kyrie last year. Now, obviously, um, Gordon Hayward. Also Horford to- too last year as well. Um, yeah, Horford. And there's also um, there was a lot of talk about Hayward potentially going to in- Indiana, where the Celtics would have been maybe able to get Miles Turner, Dougie McBuckets, but something fell through there, and he just ended up going to Charlotte. Massive fucking contract to play alongside Lamelo Ball. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I think he's obviously getting overpaid here, and it's just with with Gordon Hayward. It's kind of tough. It's like I just want to. If he's just, I don't know if he's gonna be healthy again, or like what? Because it, it's like when he was before he got hurt, he was so good. And so, like, I feel like sometimes I like I keep thinking back to that before the injury, and it's like maybe this is the new reality. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's not going to be like an impact player, I don't think, for the Hornets. But I mean, hey, there's no pressure on him here in Charlotte. He took the money, and he's set for you know the rest of his career here. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if it really matters to have him as a high level player anymore. But just like another fucking dumb contract for the Hornets, they signed Nicholas Batum to that ridiculous Mitch Kupchak. <laughs> I think he's off not the, the, fresh off the Mozgov and Dang. No, he is. He's still the GM for them. I'm pretty sure because I saw a, a graphic that was like his last four draft picks, and it was um or his last four signings, and it was Mozgov, Dang, um, this uh, Hayward signing, and I think something in Rozier or something. I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah, I think I yeah for for all accounts, yeah. I I God, yeah. Tough look I, for I can't MJ. Believe they didn't fire him yet. Um, that's, that's crazy to me. He's yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah, Are, n- go on. Okay. I wanted to go, I mean, Hayward, I don't have much left to say about this because I think this Hornets are going to be a team that's maybe battling for like the seven, eighth seed. I don't know. Right. Uh, maybe know, that, at best, best case scenario. Yeah. I yeah. Think, yeah. So I, I, it really depends on LaMelo, but they have some good young players with, um, uh, Devonte Graham and PJ Washington. They're both pretty Malik nice. Monk. Malik Monk too. And, Bridges yeah. as well. Yeah. Film. So we'll see what MJ's got cooking in Charlotte. <laughs> um, back to you. Let's circle back to your Clippers. They, um, I think this is one of the most underrated moves of the entire offseason because everyone's just talking about how the Lakers retooled and rebuilt. And oh my God, Serge Ibaka is better than Montrezl Harrell. Absolutely. Clippers getting him. That is fucking huge. And he's boys with Kawhi. By all accounts, seems like a great locker room guy. Um, I thought that was an incredible move by the Clippers to get Serge Ibaka. Yeah, I think, again, biased take once again, but I think, honestly, unbiased, you would say this is probably one of the best moves of this offseason. I think to get Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka I had at the top of one of the top players in my free agent like, uh, ranking, and it's because he's a great big, He's he can defend the rim, do all that, and he's a good shooter, like a really good shooter. So I, yeah. I fucking love him. Um I think to have him and Zubach in at bigs is kind of pretty scary, honestly. 
Yeah, that'll uh, be good. I, I and you can this. also go small with him at the five yeah. if you yeah. needed to. Again, um, and he's a guy who perfect. will battle. He will battle Anthony Davis. He's not afraid to get physical, mm-hmm. and that's the type of guy you need. Always liked him. Clip. Yeah. So um, we got about a couple minutes left here, Josh. I want to cycle through some last minute things, then we'll get to our winners and losers. How's that sound? All right, so we're going to go, uh, well, here it is. We got DeMarcus Cousins signs to the Rockets, um, along with Christian Wood. Love that. The Rockets, I... I do love Wood I, for them. I, I, I know you love Wood, um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the Rockets, it's so hard to just n- know anything because I just don't know who's going to be on their team next year. That's, so that's, that's kind of like hard thing. to process that. It's, it's really um, fuck, you know? Yeah, and so some big uh, re-signings. We had uh, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram all signed their uh, second contracts as well. Too. And did he just do that today? Yep. Yeah. Nice guy. He's good. Um, yep. So yeah. those boys are going to be locked in for about four or five years. Maybe they'll yeah, start love requesting all trades in two. <laughs> um, yeah. All all great players. I, yeah. The exciting the... future for the NBA. Great draft um, class. Just. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, Ingram, too. I don't know if you said Ingram also, but he I just did. signed today, mm-hmm. too. Okay. Yeah. And then there's Lonzo Ball just not getting anything. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm let's fucking... Go. That's I'm worried about, honestly, because they have Bledsoe and uh, they drafted uh, Kira Lewis or Kyra Lewis. I don't know how to say his first name, but they drafted another point guard. So they, they have an overabundance of point guards already, so I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with Ball. Lonzo's got to put up. Or sh- yeah, maybe. Um, okay, other Send signing. Send Charlotte. Good, uh, That'd be fun. Yeah, I was Where's actually honestly brother? thinking that. God, because <laughs> yeah. his brother will shoot for enough for both of them. Yeah. Um, Tristan Thompson <laughs> goes to too. Boston. Yes. I actually thought this was a great move for the Celtics. I agree. I think they Tristan finally Thompson's get their a big. great rebounder. Yeah, they yeah. needed someone who can just be physical and do that, and I think this is a great move for them. Mm-hmm. Um, another big move, or great move, actually. Fred Van Fleet resigning in Toronto. If you're the Raptors, you got to be stoked. He's so good. Um, yeah, all those, all three of those moves. There, well, two, I guess. Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. I have having my favorite moves. Yeah, because I, I yeah, love these deals. And, and another re-signing that I thought was big was Drajic back to Miami. I think Miami is going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. Did you Again. see um, Butler actually <laughs> uh, threatened him? Yeah, he threatened to kill him. Is what Drajic said. <laughs> he re-signed with any other team, which is hilarious. Yeah, that's classic. Uh, I, I love the Heat. I really, I love the Heat, dude. I yeah, really they're. Um, I hope they have a hell of a year. Um, and then another thing, Baines, Aaron Baines, goes to the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors getting. Uh, I guess he's the replacement. Yeah, they're Gasol. and and Ibaka too, because they lost both their bigs, yeah, which is huge. That's going to be tough for them. Um, what else do we have here? Um, can you you have the Hawks signings? What have the Hawks done yeah. this offseason? Oh, and Joe Harris resigned with the Nets. Yeah, yeah um, big deal. Hawks very, signings, very very big. Deal that was weird. For them. I thought yeah. that was weird. Yeah, but they had to keep him, honestly, I think, mm-hmm. to, for, for a guy that's that good. Yeah, so the Hawks, Hawks had a hell of an offseason. They're actually, they're going to be in my winners as well. I guess I'll, I'll just, like, I'd preface that first. They signed Chris Dunn, who uh, led the league in steals, by the way, second behind Ben Simmons, by the way. So he's a good mm-hmm. defensive guard, considering how bad their defensive. Rondo, an- again, another pretty good defensive player, great leader. Gallinari, who was one of my top free agents as well, who I also love this. And Oneko Kongwu in the draft, who was one of the top five prospects as well. So they had themselves like a pretty Great nice story too. And on top of that, they um, they also sent an offer sheet for Bogdan Bogdanovich that all accounts seem like it's not going to be matched by the Kings, but who knows. So they have Bogdan agreed to go to the Atlanta. And I think 
Uh, the Kings have about two days, or maybe it's a day now, to match that sheet since he's a restricted agent. Maybe they'll request uh, a sign-and-trade, maybe, but I I honestly don't know what the Kings are going to do because who the fuck knows what the Kings are going to do. But they mm-hmm. uh, they still do have a their rights to Bogdan if they wanted to. But if, if they can manage to also throw in Bogdan onto this offseason, this is... God damn, that's 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 a haul. That's a good ass haul. Yeah, they'll be able to score a lot of points. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see if they'll be able to play any defense. I'm <laughs> um, all right. To wrap it up, let's go to our winners and losers before we get into NFL with the boys. Um, I'll go. Um, I'll give you my two losers, and then you give me yours. Okay. Okay. I have my lose. Most obvious to me was the Rockets because they're just in a mess. Um, and then I could have said the I, the Wizards. I think applies too, but <laughs> I would like to apologize. To my good friend, great friend, enemy of Josh Bilker, actually. My good friend, Steven. Steven, I'm sorry. I I think the Pistons really fucked up yeah, this offseason. Why are they signing all these centers? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Steven. It, they're one of the losers. It's tough. I mean, you got to deal with the Lions getting blanked by the fucking Panthers. And now, I love you, Steven. All right. Yeah, those are my two losers. Josh. Yeah, um, I agree with you on Pistons. I'm just going to add into that. They signed Jeremy Grant, who I love also. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's he's pretty young. He's like 25, coming off a pretty good season where he was very effective for Denver. They signed him to $20 mm-hmm. million for three years. And they signed Mason Plumlee. That's way Plumley. too much money. Mason Why Plumley would you well. do that? I don't know. And then Jaleel Okafor as well. Uh, and, and, and in the process, spent all the money they should have spent on Christian Wood. Let him walk for... They, honestly, Christian Wood took a lot less money than I thought he would. He took only about twelve mm-hmm. million. I thought he was going to get about twenty million. Uh, in all honesty, and then they also mm-hmm. signed in Josh Jackson. However, they did get Killian Hayes, who uh, was that was actually, a good draft pick, very good draft pick, and he was number one on a lot of people's boards. Actually, even Versatile. over yeah. know, the uh, uh, the usual suspects of you know Wiseman and uh, Anthony Edwards and etc. Big variance. So that draft. was like KOC had was super super high on killing Hayes so killing Hayes Derek Rose and then a ton of centers that's your team tough and Blake Griffin what well, Blake Griffin's corpse hey, Who knows? hey we love Blake he's gonna do well he's gonna do well <laughs> oh wait uh I also I have a clip yeah yeah, down yeah I got another Ooh, actually, because here and here's Dirty here's my dog. reasoning is they lost Harold which again is just for nothing Overpaid the fuck out of Marcus Morris, who I really don't like. They gave him sixty-four yeah. million dollars for uh, four years, I think. So that's eighteen million a year. If I'm not split mistaken. it with his brother, probably. They traded away Shaman, <laughs> who was one of my favorite Clippers. They got Luke Kennard back, who I is good but not amazing. Not Did get Ibaka, but the, here's uh, the real reason: is they just didn't get better on paper with this offseason. They they probably got worse. Still have Paul George. Did not make a move for Beta. Paul George. Still could be on the radar. But remember that they still could lose both Kawhi and Paul George next offseason. And they just did not get, to me, better enough better enough to beat the Lakers. Because the Lakers got a lot better, I think. And the Clippers kind of, at best, stayed the same. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't love it. I don't love it. Okay. Well, I'm going to go into my winners really quickly. I have the Lakers as a winner mm-hmm. for all the reasons. I mean, you're just adding more pieces to Absolutely. a championship team. I the Marcus All thing is fucking terrifying to me. Well, again, taking him away from the Clippers is is still huge in my I mean, opinion. Harold, yeah. yeah. Just to sign um, him away for for next to nothing, honestly for him. 
He takes a fucking pay cut too, which makes no sense. And then, I mean, I'm also going to go with the Thunder. I like what the Thunder were able to do in terms of stockpiling draft assets. What, do they have like 15 picks coming up in the next 10 years? Um, they got rid of Ubre, but tough. I like SGA. So The guy, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually write it down specifically, but he has, yeah, that aren't his yeah, own. Yeah, 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 yeah. a bunch. <laughs> Um, and then last, I have the Suns getting Chris Paul. I think that's huge. It's going to give them an edge that they didn't have, and I think they're going to be competitive, and Devin Booker can yeah, put up fucking points. Yeah, also, I have the Thunder on here as well, Thunder and Lakers. But Thunder also took on Horford's contract, which I've been kind of advocating for. Like, I think these, I, again, I think these shitty teams should just be a way station for bad contracts while they're in these, um, you know, mm-hmm. rebuild gap years because they, they took on another first-round pick for this as well. And who knows what's going to happen to Philly in 2025, I think, was the year. So and also maybe they trade away Horford when he's expiring the next year, maybe because he's you know played enough minutes and you know he's a good teammate allegedly too. So maybe he can help with these young Thunder guys too. I have the Hawks here. I think again the Hawks Hall puts them immediately into um, not contention but like playoff contention. Score I think a lot of points for sure with the young team with Trey Young and uh, John Collins and Clint Capella too. I I almost forgot about that that's kind of like a brand new move for them as well i have the trailblazers also moves too. we haven't talked about them at all Joe they got robert covington who is Roka. like one of my favorite role players in the nba i just think he's so fucking solid he was great mm-hmm. in the bubble much needed defense exactly. for this team. and i think that's what the uh the blazers needed a lot of those three and four swing kind of players they also got Derek jones jr from the the heat who was sneaky good mm-hmm. signed back hood so after an acl tear he might be good resigned mellow and got harry giles to replace the um white side role i, I guess, like giles a lot because i do too i do too yeah all right well let's take a look good nba we're gonna go take a look into nfl week 12 now with the rest of the couch josh i will see you on the other side of this because we will be joined again yeah. um oh one last thing too. Go Sorry, uh, Philly. I really like what the what the Sixers did too. They they uh, yeah, Seth Curry for and also the Mavs too. Getting Josh Richardson was phenomenal. I think Philly needs just well. as much shooting as fucking so possible. And also they got Danny Green as well, and I think mm, he's Danny great. Green. They just need shooters Beta. for that Sixers team, and that's what it's going to put them right back in there. And then Dwight Howard, who knows? We'll see. Fuck, fucking Dwight LA. tweeting he's going yeah. to LA, and then what the fuck that's kind of embarrassing (laughs) it's fucking Dwight alright we'll be right back on the pineapple couch talking NFL week 12 and more Josh always a pleasure yeah absolutely All right, everyone, this is B-Rob checking in with a quick note. Uh, Before we did the pod, we thought that the Ravens-Steelers was going to happen. Obviously, that was canceled, so just ignore those. But I guess that game's going to happen on Sunday. See ya. All right, welcome back onto the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob, episode 61. Let's get into some football, some NFL Week 12. We got the full squad here, minus Rick. We got Big Dog. How we doing, boys? Good to hear from you, Big Dog. We got Christo. Hello. (laughs) We got Kyle. I'm back, baby. Good to have you. And we got Josh Bilker, who you heard earlier talking some NBA. Josh, how you doing? 
Great. Still great. We're doing great. Still great. What a day. Um, <laughs> all right. We're going to be talking all about NFL Week 12 here, and we're going to do a, a focus on Thanksgiving Day games, and we're going to have all of us are going to bet on each of the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day games, and we'll also be giving out our Sunday picks. We are going to be starting it out, though, with our top five players we are most thankful for, and we'll do a little top five power rankings, and then we will get into these games. Gentlemen, start your engines. It is the best time of the week. We are doing NFL best bets. Let's get into it. So what five players are we thankful for this season? Listeners, you may be listening to this being like, hmm, who am I most thankful for? So I want the listeners at the same time to be looking inward at yourself and answering this question. And someone who I know is a, a philosopher, we're going to have him start with his fifth, his fifth most player he's most thankful for, and that would be Christo Lusich. Chris, who are, who's the fifth player you're most thankful for? Um, the fifth most, the fifth least? Fifth it's, most? it's a tongue twist. Okay. It's a tongue twister. All right. The fifth, uh, the, the fifth player on my list is uh, a very selfish pick. It would be James Robinson from the Jacksonville Ooh. Jaguars. Unbelievable undrafted rookie. He's going to be one of the highest paid undrafted rookies. But, of course, I picked him up in fantasy week one, and he has been an absolute stud for me in fantasy this year. An absolute, he's like a top ten, right? Oh, absolutely. I think he's like R- oh, RB4 yeah. or something on the year so Jesus. far. Just an absolute unit out there. Um, and uh, great in the passing game, great in the running game. The Jaguars as a whole, not very good to watch. But when you got somebody in fantasy that plays the way that he does, it makes them very intriguing to watch. So he's been a real treat for me this year. Mm-hmm. Right, good way to kick it off. Kyle, how about you go next? I'm going to go selfish as well, too, because of my fantasy team. But A.J. Brown has been an absolute touchdown scoring machine every game he's actually in. Missed I mean, the first maybe play of the play of the year, maybe last week. Quite possibly, where he broke about ten tackles. Almost every defender tried tackling him, but that's my number five. Okay, uh, big dog. So I am going to go to the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to go to the special teams of the Baltimore Ravens. I love Justin Tucker. I love field goals. I love the best kicker. <laughs> Unbelievable in the NFL. I am thankful for him. He is always a top 100 player in fantasy. When you have that as a kicker, he can get you 16. He's been the best player on my fantasy team this year. Thank you, Justin Tucker. Andrew and I often talk about how we would probably trade a first-round pick to have Justin Tucker on the Chargers. But, I mean, <laughs> only a Chargers fan would really real, really say, yeah, you know, maybe I'd give a first-round pick for a kicker because that's how screwed we are. Josh, who do you got? Yeah, uh, right here I'm going to put Herbert. I know it's going to be higher for a lot of you guys, I'm sure. But, you know, he, he, Herbert's one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch this year. Mm-hmm. Love that dude. Yeah. Love, love, liked his long hair a little bit more, to be honest, if we're, if we're being honest. He's a football player now. He doesn't, he has no time Sweet for haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go. My number five is a player that um, has been around for a while, and I think we take for granted. Um, he wasn't with us last year. And right now, he is back, and his team is fucking undefeated, and he is still one of the most fun players to watch I've ever seen play football, and t- same this year. Fucking Big Ben. How great is it having him back, just doing Big Ben shit, and just break, always being on the injury report, always icing himself, like always something. He's always injured somehow, but he always plays, and it's great to have the Steelers be. I mean, they're always going to be relevant 
because uh, Mike Tomlin's so great. But having them back and beating and kicking the shit out of the Ravens in that division it makes me very happy. So Big Ben, good to have you back. Christo, let's go to round or the next one, which would be four. Uh, number four for me is um, a bit of a controversial figure in Miles Garrett. He's been an absolute stud off the edge Thought this about year. Him. Nine and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Just been an absolute menace. Uh, and he's been fun to watch this year. He's just an absolute monster off the edge. Plus, he's like one of the larger people I've ever seen, and he's one of the faster <laughs> people that I've ever seen in my life. So he's fun to watch. Swings a good helmet. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. He he, he does. It, it, it looked like uh, – if 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 Rudolph's head was a baseball, it would have been out to left center, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Kyle, what we got uh, going on? Yeah, my number four is actually Bobby Wagner. I mean, mm. the one remaining soul from the Legion of Boom, who is, despite the terrible, terrible Seattle defense, Bobby Wagner has been an absolute animal. Has not missed a stride at all whatsoever. He's actually the highest graded. Uh, power football focused player in the linebacker position this year. I mean, he's he's a fucking animal, and it's it is weird thinking about that old Seahawks team and how. I mean, it's besides Wagner, you obviously have Russ and Pete Carroll. Is there anyone else? I don't. I don't I think don't so. Think I think so. that's it. Like, yeah, everyone is gone. Yeah. That, oh well, they brought back KJ Wright, I think, or True. something like that. KJ, okay. And um, one of their other linebackers, I think they might have brought back, but KJ Wright's the only person. Yeah. I think. But, so yeah, I mean, same thing. they're still uh, very relevant all this time, and that shows you the power of a quarterback. Uh, Big dog, who do we have for you, number four? I'm going to put wide receiver from the Vikings, Justin Jefferson. This is my fantasy selfish pick. I have him in our fantasy league, and I am better than Andrew's team. Just saying. Well, another league I have him in, so <laughs> thank you for that, Brian. But he's been fantastic. Real, Andrew has beaten me like seven times in the playoffs I in still our lives. Beat him this year. He's better than me this year. I still one of my three wins. Have you only played seven times? I mean, the, I've played with Andrew game. probably eight <laughs> times. Five and zero in the playoffs. So <laughs> I need to know. Justin Je- Jefferson, number four. Thank you. Yeah, he's been electric this week or this year. Um, I got a uh, number four, my um, favorite running back in the NFL. Um, maybe my favorite running back I've like just to watch in my entire life. I mean, it's fucking Derrick Henry. This dude's uh, just a monster. And there's Roll there's something there's something so nice about watching the Titans in the second half when it's like, yeah, Derrick Henry did a little in the first half, but when he just starts breaking the backs of defenses in the third and fourth quarter and how he buried the Ravens in overtime, um, Derrick Henry, love the guy. He is at my number four. And, yeah, Chris, roll tide. Who do you got? Roll tide, baby. Um, Number three, I've actually got another receiver from the Vikings, and it's Adam Thielen. Um, And the only reason – that I would yeah. pick him over Jefferson. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I fucked up. Josh, who is your number four? <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, my favorite ball hawk in the entire NFL because I, I love safeties, and I'm going to go Minka Fitzpatrick for the Steelers. Mm. Fucking love seeing that dude play. He's just all over every fucking game, and he just fills up the staff sheet, and just 
he's so much fun to watch. I, I really like defensive players like that, and it's it's great. It's great to see him all over. He is involved in every play and always just pissing the other uh, players on the other team off by hitting them like a half second after he's not supposed to. So I, I like that. Sorry about that, Josh. Chris, back to you. I need oh, to do okay. a better job of fucking riding this ship. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm the captain. God damn it. My my number two pick would have fed perfectly off of Josh's, but I got to stick with, with, <laughs> what I, with what I've got now with Sorry, my Chris. third. Um, and, and I'll stick with Adam Thielen. Yeah, uh, the reason I pick him over Jefferson is just because he got 11 touchdowns this year, and the catch he had last week was one of the most insane catches oh. I've ever seen. Phenomenal. Oh, it, just Phenomenal. incredible. But every time he's around the red zone, he's open somewhat. How he's finding some way to get open, and he—he's just—he's an absolute artist in the red zone. I think it's really fun to watch somebody operate the way he does down there. Uh, you know, behind the twenty. Mm-hmm. And the undrafted factor too. On top of that, he just worked his way up from special teams to full-on starter to stud wide yeah, receiver. Unit. And it's just super fucking inspiring. Adam Thielen is yeah. the most bill belichick type player that doesn't play for bill belichick (laughs) i've ever seen that's so right (laughs) it's crazy kyle who do you got at three my number three is also going to be wide receiver but i'm going with seattle again dk metcalf the fact that no one wanted him Mm. in the first round because his three cone drill wasn't great (laughs) you see you know those you know those octagons of like percentiles they have every year in the draft Metcalf was 99th percentile mm. in everything except for the three <laughs> cone drill, and no one wanted him. I can't believe it. I mean, we've talked about it before, but that one play where someone tried blindsiding him, and he actually decleated the guy who was trying to blindside him when he didn't even see him there, <laughs> was absolutely incredible. But um, I love seeing that guy ball out. He's just a monster, can sprint down the field, and he's a hell of a receiver. Yeah, I mean, I. I agree. Chris, question to you, college football guy. Him and A.J. Brown were on the same Ole Miss team, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was, And they sucked. That and, team and, sucked, right? And Alabama ran them out of the gym. It was ridiculous. Jesus, how do you have those two wide receivers? <laughs> oh, my well, God. I, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, you know, they, as far as Alabama goes, they had like – they had four guys that are starters in the NFL right now in the secondary. Mm. And so, yeah. and, and like pretty good starters, like Eddie Jackson was there and um, Minka Fitzpatrick was there. So, oh, okay. yeah, it like it, it negated it a little bit. But the fact that uh, that those guys were on the same team is just, it's not even fair at all, especially in college. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Ole Miss. Um, Brandon Walker, shout out to Brandon Walker from Barstool. He he likes to poke <laughs> fun at Ole Miss. So, but also shout out to my guy Kyle Kate who went to Ole Miss. Uh, Josh, we'll go to you for your third player, and then we'll go to Big Dog, and then to me. Yeah, right here is where I'm gonna put my boy Mike Davis. Actually. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Of course, of course. <laughs> Mike Davis. Um, I'm just very thankful that he's been in my life, and um, you know, I, I just gotta say it's been an honor rooting for him completely uh he's been wrecking uh riding this whole c uh, mackless panthers to um instant success josh doesn't matter who's in it i gotta i gotta butt in here um last week josh yeah the carolina panthers without christian mccaffrey so your biggest thing mm-hmm. beat yeah. the detroit lions 20 to nothing <laughs> and the lions never got into the end oh. zone which is your arch yeah, nemesis stevens favorite team 
So the something. Panthers without Mike Davis, without Christian McCaffrey and Bridgewater, beat your <laughs> arch nemesis team twenty to nothing. Is that correct? Yeah, the I, you know it's funny. I remember <laughs> Stephen talking it's a, a lot fact. of shit prior about my Mike Davis take and uh, how you like them apples, Stephen. Oh well, <laughs> Mike Davis running slowly all over. digging he your own grave, Josh. Great of a team. Um, yeah, no, no, it's fine. I also picked him up on my fantasy team. He's been great, Shame. Uh, obviously, because C Mac's been you know out literally almost every game of the season. Uh, I just like Mike Davis so much. I liked him in Chicago a lot. That was when I first fell in love. It was love at first sight with me and Mike Davis. Get a room. And then uh, Get a room. Panthers. It's almost it's as bad as me and fan- Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, big dog, uh, number three. We're going out west. Shout out to Tyler. Kyler Murray, quarterback at the Cardinals. I love what he's doing. He reminds me of Russell Wilson. They're really exciting this year. They're going to be a playoff team. He's an MVP candidate. And Kyler you did Murray. you did give him out before the season. Um, shout out to Kyler Murray. But I, you know what I'm gonna do, Andrew? I'm gonna raise you one better oh. with my number three here. Um, hit the music. Circle the motherfucking <laughs> oh, wagons. It's the stallion. It's Josh Allen. Everybody's favorite fuck boy who's just going crazy in the NFL. I love the Stallion. He's maybe the most entertaining player to watch in the entire NFL because he's good, but it's also like, what the fuck is he going to do next? Um, I love the man. He wears number 17 like a good quarterback should. Uh, hit the music one more time there. Yeehaw. Stallion at number three. Like I don't even need to go into that much detail about it. You guys know how much I love the Stallion. I mean... I have fuck. He is like the most editing I do in this entire podcast is specifically for Josh Allen, <laughs> like that sort of stuff. So he's who I have at three. Chris, who do you got at two? Who I got at two? Uh, like I was saying, it feed it feeds uh, nicely into what Josh was talking about, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. But mine is uh, Xavier Howard. He uh, he's been an absolute beast this year. He uh, he's got six it's picks everywhere. on the year. Um, he's got. 32 total tackles, which for the role that he plays is pretty incredible. But the, the, the incredible thing for me is that 25 of the 32 tackles are solo tackles. Um, and that just shows how much of a unit he is as a safety. Because the, the it, I feel like he, you know, in and of himself has opened up the Dolphins' defense because they can bring him down in the box and play him not only as a nickel corner, but like as like a fourth linebacker almost in the box. And He's, he's just been incredible this year. So, uh, Xavier Howard's my number two. Um, this may be a dumb question, but uh, Minka and Xavier Howard, could they theoretically be together or are they the same position? Uh, I No, well, I mean, the thing the thing with both of them is that is that they're so versatile that they could. Could the Dolphins could. have both right now, theoretically? Yeah, yes. yeah I think they'd they be playing at the same position now. <laughs> I think they'd be playing. I think that's why part of the reason why they got rid of Fitzpatrick was because okay. they had Xavier Howard. But what they've okay. done with Xavier Howard this year is they haven't used him as only a corner. They've used him as a as as a nickel guy and played him in the box a little bit more. Um, and so what they could do is because he obviously he's equally great in coverage with six interceptions. And as is Minka, Minka's super good in coverage. So they could drop him and play him in the box, and they could put up, uh, you know, an eight-man in the box front and then bail both uh, Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick out and still have the exact same coverage that they normally had. So if you're asking if that was a dumb trade by the Dolphins, yeah, it was. 
don't know what the hell they were doing there. <laughs> yeah, that that's tough. Even though they have a lot of things going right for them. Uh, last week was a bit of a speed bump, but we'll get into that a little later. Kyle, who do you got at number two? There's nothing more dignifying and showing humility as a human being than admitting when you're wrong about a player. And boy, was I wrong about Justin Herbert. He's my number two player. Yes, um, let's go. Shout out, shout out to my boy Gabe. I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but my buddy Gabe went to Oregon. Was had was absolutely bullish on Justin Herbert coming out of the draft. I was completely uh, bearish on him, and uh, I actually had a bet with him that there's absolutely no way he makes a Pro Bowl within the first four years of his career, and obviously I'm going to lose that year one. Watching that guy play is so much fun, and to think the fact that yes. the only reason he's starting is because a doctor accidentally punctured Tyrod Taylor's stabbed. lung goes stabbed. to show that Anthony Lynn's oh, ass should be fired. <laughs> oh, fire the frog. Hit the music, oh, Brian. We're 17 minutes and 50 seconds in. Hit the frog music. Um, Kyle. I love you, man. Me too, Kyle. I, <laughs> we, I, like, I really we, like that pick. Yeah, that, that was a great pick. Right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Bolts. Um, Big Dog, who do you have at number two? See, now I just feel bad because this is just very selfish. Um, I like watching entertainment, and I think Daniel Jones is my number two here <laughs> because we all remember no. Absolutely yeah. not. Open breakaway 80-yard touchdown, and he falls. And he's still – and by the way, I love him so much, they're going to win the NFC East. The Giants are winning, and that guy is just – Oh, no. Playoff moments. He is can real I, reality I, TV. He's real reality TV. And Daniel Jones, I love you. I'm thankful for you. It's not the best player. It's who I'm thankful for. And I'm thankful for watching Daniel Jones play football. Kyle. I think it was Mina Kimes on ESPN described Daniel Jones as having the best pocket presence, but because he doesn't understand the pressure around him. <laughs> he stays in the pocket because he doesn't realize people are about to sack his ass. And sometimes he throws a bomb, and the other times he fumbles the ball. Yeah, that, That's good. you got to um, love the yin and yang in a player like that. Yeah, truly. Uh, my number two, it will be no surprise, is a man oh, who is a man of faith. A man who likes to fuck. Faith driven. <laughs> a man oh, no. who loves his family. A man who is in motherfucking first place in the AFC South, baby. It's Philip Rivers. Oh, Let's go. No. He's slinging it. Oh, he's going to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I got this weird feeling. Phil's going to get a Super what, Bowl. This year? Yeah. This he year? might run. He might just this hit like it. five it's in a row. This year. <laughs> I, I just love him. I, I'm going to. I just. I've loved Philip Rivers for like 15 years, and the entire time I've loved him, everyone's told me like he sucks and I hate him. But I've just been arguing about Philip Rivers for like more than half of my life. <laughs> I would die for this man, Philip Rivers. It's Stockholm syndrome, I think. Well, that, <laughs> uh, that's a bullshit thing to say when you're talking about one of the greatest men to ever step per foot on this planet. I mean, and let's, I mean, guys. Last week, Packers-Colts was a battle of a family man versus a man who doesn't even like his mom. And Philip Rivers taught him a fucking lesson. Chris, who's your number one? Go, Phil. <laughs> you, you fuck. You, you skipped over me again. <laughs> God damn it, Brian. All right. 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just interject here because um, what uh, similar to to Andrew's pick, uh, my number two because you skipped over me. Oh yeah, sorry, was, I got uh, too into that. You should just go <laughs> two yeah, no, one no, now. Fine. You got you got to go two one. It, you want me to go two? Yeah, one? you'll get two yeah, in a yeah, row because yeah, yeah, I, I fucked up again. All right. Snake draft. That's fair. I, I get um, really into Philip Rivers, man. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I understand. <laughs> it was a subconscious slight because I was making fun of the Philip Rivers pick. It's cool. Um, my number two, Alex Smith. I'm thankful to see this man play football again. <laughs> I love this Washington football team. I love seeing every Sunday coming out Alex Smith. See that injury, see him come back. It's fucking just inspirational, man, and it's it's great. It's, I'm excited to see him Thursday, which uh, at one o'clock, cheering him on. I'll be right there with you, my boy, Alex Smith. Let's ride. I like it, Josh. Who do you got at number one? Yeah, my number one is just also a selfish pick. I have him on my fantasy team, having him all year. He's kind of carried my team, and also I think he's just the most exciting player to watch, and that's. Russell Wilson. He's the reason why I think I tune into every Seahawks game. He just makes the most impossible throws at the most opportune times. I always feel like it's kind of like the Mahomes effect, I feel like, where you just always feel like he's going to make a play. And that's true for Russell Wilson. He's 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 the fucking man single-handedly carrying the Seattle team. Potentially, probably the playoffs, hopefully. Fingers crossed. But I love Russ. I really do. Um, yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, he's been my fantasy quarterback. He's been fantastic, but he's actually been fucking me lately. I still think that, that you got to put the Seahawks as probably the favorite in the NFC, in my mind, just because of him. So, And also, let Russ cook. It's been it's been great, Josh. I think that's a great number one. Um, Chris? Um, my number one is Alan Kamara. Um, you know, partly because I have him in fantasy, partly because he's absolutely electric to watch. If you break down just the receiving stats, he is seventh in the NFL in receptions amongst receivers only, and uh, and he's ranked 17th in uh, receiving yards just as a wide receiver. He is has the exact same amount of receptions as Tyler Lockett, and he only has 100 yards less than Tyler Lockett. Um, and, out, yeah, wow. it's wow. ridiculous. And out of the... Yeah, that, that's yeah, insane. Out of, out of the backfield, I mean, he he's he's only the he's only the seventeenth leading rusher, but he has eight scores on the ground, so you know, kind of kind of makes up for it there a little bit. But it's just incredible how dynamic uh, of a player he is. And then, you know, while I've got the rushing stats pulled up, I know it's hearkening back quite a quite a while back. But you brought up Derrick Henry. And I don't know if you mm-hmm. looked at this or not, but that guy's already got a thousand and eighty yards rushing on the year. Fuck. <laughs> he's just he's just a machine. Yeah. I, I've never seen someone run like him. Yeah, he's an like ever. absolute beast. And he Slow just motion. throws people around. Um and then but b- before uh, we move off me here, I'd like to make uh, an honorary mention to the much improved and I mean, I, I can't even believe what I'm watching this year. Compared to what I saw last year, Derek Carr. God, yeah, I love that's a good it. point. Got to love what he's doing for my Raiders and me and Kyle's Raiders. So, we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see how long he keeps his job. But man, he's he's having a he's having a really really good year. I don't know if it's Gruden's offense. I don't know if he's just having a, you know a better year than he normally does. But man, he's been he's been much better this year. So. He's he's gonna get your hopes up really high. I can't wait for that and to happen. And then crush him. 
<laughs> Kyle, who do you got at number one? You stole you stole my glorious car bomb from me, Chris. Ah, yeah, shit. My, number, my number one player is Derek Carr. Oh, I no one, no one, and if you follow me on Twitter, you know this. <laughs> no one has been a bigger critic of Derek Carr over the past three or four years, and watching him sling it this year. Not only that, but that guy is staying in the pocket for as long as humanly possible. He is no longer just throwing the ball out of bounds. He's no longer trying to run away from pressure, especially watching that Chiefs game and the Broncos game. He actually stays in the pocket so long that he also somehow avoids every single sack. Like he doesn't get sacked either. He's really he has a really strong pocket presence. And there hasn't been a better team on third down than the Raiders this year. And that's credit to him. He's not afraid to gun it downfield, even though his deep uh, deep receiver threat, Henry Ruggs, hasn't done jack shit this year. Uh, shouts out Nelson Aguilar there. But watching Carr play this year, it's like watching a quarterback reinvent himself. And it's just been absolutely incredible to watch. Can't wait to see how the end of the season pans out. Wasn't he uh he was he was the MVP favorite uh that one year that they were uh they went twelve and four until he went went out with that back. Oh, injury. he broke and his I, leg. I, you know, I think L- leg. He broke his broke his yeah. leg, thank you. He uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. actually so, that was like two games before the final before the end of the season and the reason he didn't win it was because he didn't, you know, accumulate any stats of the last two games. But he I think he was the favorite there for a hot minute. Yeah, and that's I mean, I guess, you know, that's probably one of the biggest like MVP, you know, um I don't know. Would you call it a runner up? I don't know. That I don't know. It's one of the biggest It was that uh, it was that tough like, year when he went out, Wentz went out, and then Antonio Brown also went out and then Tom Brady ended up with the MVP because right. everyone got injured that's, at the end of the season, year. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Weird season. Andrew, uh, Mr. Dog, and I, I believe, have the same player at number one who we are <laughs> so fucking grateful for. Andrew, uh, can you say the first part of his name? Justin. Motherfucking Herbert. The God. I've got Herbies. I don't care. He <laughs> is the best rookie quarterback ever. I have ever seen. Ever. Name another better rookie quarterback. Right now, on the spot, yeah. all of you. Name one that you've Through seen that's better than him. Games, you can think of Pat Mahomes. You can think of Peyton Pat Mahomes Manning, was sophomore. Who's the Russell second year? No, he's, no, he's going yeah, to break, break all of Baker's uh, records. He's going to break all of Baker's records. Oh, he is. Yeah, is Baker the best rookie quarterback besides Statistically. Him? That I, he's the only one I can think of. I mean, no. yeah, and Baker makes him look like a little preschooler because Justin Herbert's a man rocket. You really just compare him? I'm to just thinking Baker? of the player. Well, Kyler last year was pretty. good. Okay, Josh. Uh, um, yeah, I think Herbert. Josh. Uh, quiet down now. Me and Andrew are going to talk about uh, Justin Herbert here sorry, for a second. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, that fucking yeah. pass he threw to Keenan Allen last week. Okay. Which uh, one? There were sixteen. Oh, he's so good. It's just I. I don't. I now I know what it's like to believe in God. <laughs> to like it's love. Great. It's great. He's so good. I. Andrew, Phil? besides besides Patrick Mahomes, what quarterback would you have to start your franchise right now? Oh, Justin Herbert. It would be motherfucking Justin Herbert, and that's my fucking quarterback. Oh, Name God. Russell Wilson's 31. I mean, we're looking I mean, four- five-year plan, okay? Four- to five-year plan. And everyone knows if there's only one team in the NFL that could screw up this type of talent, 
And that's the Chargers. <laughs> so that's and that's exactly why they got him. <laughs> so that's what we're dealing with. But right now, we are 3-7, and seven, and on cloud nine, we love Justin Herbert. And shout out to you guys for bring, including him, because that is our guy. Um, that gentlemen. throw was incredible, by the way. Uh, Keenan mean, Allen oh. was pressed up against the cornerback but while he threw the ball. And the cornerback turned around and tried swiping it, but when he swiped, the ball was already in Keenan Allen's hands. That was a absolutely impeccable throw. Insane. God, I might start crying. Start. <laughs> it's just so fucking awesome. Um, gentlemen, let's go into top five power rankings before we get into Week 11's games, and we'll go through these ones a little quicker than we went through the five players we were thankful for. But it was Thanksgiving week, and I enjoyed that exercise. Um, all right. Top five power rankings. I'll just make this statement at the top. Does everyone have Chiefs one, Steelers two? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Same order. Same order. All right. What we're going to do is we're going to go a little rapid fire here. You're going to get like one sentence to kind of explain, one or two sentences to explain your pick. Um, I'll start my third team behind the Chiefs and Steelers is the Buffalo Bills. Their defense, <laughs> Josh Allen. I think they're going to run away with the, the AFC East. I really like what they're doing. I think they're a team that is built to play in the playoffs as well. I think Sean McDermott is really one of the best coaches in the NFL, and not enough people talk about that because he's up in Buffalo. Um, that was more than two senses, but yeah. Uh, Bill's at three. Uh, Josh, what do you got? I got the Saints here. Um, it, it, Drew Brees doesn't matter, I don't think. If, if anything, they might be better with Taysom Hill, potentially. Oh, no. Okay. Christo? Saints, but not because of that reason, because of defense. <laughs> better without also Drew Brees. Defense. What is your problem? You know, CMC goes out and the Panthers are better. Drew Brees goes out and the Saints are better. Like, what are you trying to do here? Unbelievable. I thought my loss was a good He's a backup. He's a huge. Uh... Their offense is more fun Kyle. with Taysom Hill. That's, that's all. I'm going to have to agree, and I'm also going to have to go with the reasoning of Josh there. Uh, regardless of who's that quarterback there, um, Peyton can figure out who to who to sling the ball to, but the Saints' defense has truly been unstoppable recently. Big Dog, who you got at three? I'm sticking with the Seahawks. I know they have a bad defense, but I think at the playoffs, I'm still going to bet on Russell Wilson over Drew Brees with 11 broken ribs. So... Okay, I I respect that pick. At four, I have um I have the Saints. The defense is unbelievable. The Saints are six and zero without Drew Brees in the last two seasons. Oh, Hendrickson, Hendrickson by the way, is leading the league in sacks. By the way, the Saints are six and zero without Drew Brees in the last two years. Hendrickson leading the league in sacks. Six and zero without Drew Brees in the last two years. Some would say that the Chargers made a really good decision choosing Philip Rivers over Drew Brees. I would say that too. Josh, who do you have at um, oh, yeah, great. four? At Chris? Yeah, not the four. time for that right now. <laughs> Josh, um, I have at four. Seahawks. Seahawks at four? Seahawks here at four. Love Russ. Let Russ cook. Okay. All day. Christo? Uh, Seahawks. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, along with Russ, it's the, it's the receiving core. The receiving core is incredible. They, they haven't had anybody in the backfield, and they've just been able to be – I mean, Russ was MVP until Mahomes did what he did last week. So, there there you go. Mm-hmm. Kyle? 
uh, I'm gonna go Seahawks again. When it comes to the comes to like sort of the the all the seven and three teams in the NFC, if there's one quarterback I trust the most, it's gonna be Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that, Big Dog. Who do you have a four? I hate myself for saying this, but I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams. Nice. Ooh. I like that I like a lot. That. I they, like it a lot. They've been hot. Um, okay, and my fifth team to round it out for me, I have the Colts at five. I think their defense is so fucking good, and I think they they finally saw a sighting of Jonathan Taylor last week. And, I mean, Naheem Hines is so fucking good. I don't know what is going on, but he has been an absolute beast for them. I like their defense and their run game and their ball control. I have them at five. Josh? Yeah, I'm also going to go with the Colts. Oh. This is kind of a toss-up for me, but – I think their their run game is finally getting going, and uh, I yeah I I made the mistake of betting on the Packers again last week. Yeah, you all did, I two. think. Yep. Yeah, and I, I fucking I paid the price. I didn't. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Phil. <laughs> let's go, Phil, and mostly the defense. Let's go, the defense. Uh, Christo, who do you have a five? Uh, I have the Bills, and it was a toss up between <laughs> the Bills and the Packers. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just think uh. And the reason I have the Bills is, is because um, I think uh, Allen's going to be a problem in the playoffs. It's just going to be a matchup nightmare for whoever plays him. And once he plays a smart coach, they'll probably lose. But um, but hit the music. He's he's going to be a he, he's going to be a definite problem to deal with in the playoffs. So I, I got the Bills there. Yeah, the Stallion. Uh, I completely agree, Kyle. Can we cue some Viva Las Vegas music right here? Because that's my number five team. <laughs> oh boy! Here Let's we go. go. I got it. Don't worry. This is. Great. I think. I think the the first half Raiders team is completely different from the second half Raiders team. Um, I know that usually when teams say they're going to do some adjustments on defense, you usually just uh, smoke and mirrors. But the Raiders have done a lot of adjustments on defense, and they've proven that they can keep up with the best of them by playing these games tight to the chest with the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know about five. I respect, I mean, I can't give anyone shit about people putting their personal reasons for putting someone in the top five because, I mean, right now, I think Philip Rivers is probably the second best quarterback in the NFL. So, um, But I will get the Raiders music for you. I, the, I, I don't disagree that much. I think the Raiders are that good. I just, Kyle, don't you think they might Raider it up a little? All right, here's my thing, is when you're looking at the number two seed, it's going to be the Chiefs. And when you have to choose between the Chiefs are playing either the Raiders, the they Colts, don't the Titans, the or the Browns, who do they want to play the least in the first round of playoffs? It's the Raiders. You're right. You're right, 100%. I mean, they're the – I have um, the two – I've bet – my three biggest games betting this year I've bet, have been when the Chiefs played the Ravens. I bet heavily on the Chiefs. And then the other two times were both Chiefs-Raiders matchups. And I've gotten fucking creamed. The Raiders have some sort of... They know how to play Mahomes better than a lot of people. So if you're the Raiders, I think you're honestly kind of... You want to play the Chiefs in the You want to. You want to. Yeah. And so the only thing with the Raiders that I worry about is the... It's kind of similar to the Chargers in a way. The Raiders sometimes play down to their competition. Agreed. And so, like, I'm just worried. They have a couple, like, the Falcons this week. It's just like they should totally win this game. I'll be there. But I just kind of – oh, nice. Really? Yeah, I'll be in Atlanta. So, yeah, my... Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. I'll also be at the Iron Bowl. Very cool. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Um, Kyle, do you have anything else? On yeah, the I was gonna say. I was gonna say the one to your point. The biggest thing that scares me about the Raiders is Gruden's unwillingness to take a risk. Like in this last game, when it's fourth and one on the one yard line, and they kick a field goal, they kick an eighteen yard field goal <laughs> instead of trying to do a quarterback sneak against Patrick Mahomes because you know he's going to score. And when the Raiders punted from their own forty yard line in the fourth quarter, when it was fourth and four. When Mahomes went and scored a touchdown, regardless of the situation, you have to go for it there. I just think the one thing they, they need to do in order to take it to the next level is start taking a little bit more risks on their fourth and short and those fourth downs when you're almost to midfield. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Big Dog, who do you have at five? Cue the music. Like you said, a bye week can make you believe in your team again, and I believe in the Bills. I think they're the fifth best team. Fuck yeah, Stallion. Stallion. We got a lot of music this week. I love it. It's going to be a long time editing this. Let's go. (laughs) I love the Stallion, though. Um, Great pick, gentlemen. Okay, we have our top five power rankings done, so it is that time. We're going to go into NFL Week 12. We're going to start with the Thanksgiving Day games. And, folks, you know how it usually is. We go through all the games. We give it our best bets, and we also post those to Instagram. I would like to say that we're going to do two separate graphics this week for Instagram. One will be solely on the Thanksgiving Day games, and all of us will be betting on each game. And we will also be doing our Charmin Ultra Toilet Bowl Game of the Week, as well as we're introducing our Game of the Week. Because we figured if we're betting on the shittiest Game of the Week, we might as well bet on the best Game of the Week. So that's what we're going to start doing, or maybe the game with the most implications sometimes. But that is what we will get into. Um, The first Thanksgiving Day game we have, gentlemen, is the Texans coming off their win against the Patriots. At Stephen Young's Detroit Lions, the Lions got blanked by the Panthers last week. The Texans are favored by three points. You can get the Lions money line at plus 130, over under at 51.5. I am locking in the Texans as minus three as a best bet because I just think Matt Patricia is a terrible fucking coach, and I think we saw signs of life from Deshaun Watson finally last week. Uh, Big Dog, uh, before we go to the gentleman, do you, what do you think about this game? I love Deshaun Watson, and I love the Texans this week. Is that the best bet? It's the best bet. Texans minus three. All right, Kyle, to you. I agree. Uh, I think we saw a lot from the Texans last week, a little bit of life, like you said, from Deshaun Watson. And then, Jesus Christ, the Lions couldn't beat an XFL quarterback last week, much less score zero points against them. Uh, best bet. And Texans they Well, they had Mike Davis, They though. didn't have a possession <laughs> in the red zone. So, the Lions I mean, didn't have a possession in the fucking red zone last week. Yeah, Texans minus three. Yeah, so uh, Kyle, Big Dog, and I are all on Texans minus three. We'll go to Josh, and then we'll go to Christo. Josh, what do you have on this? So this is um, this is my olive branch to to our to our, our dear friend Stephen Young. Oh my God, I'm going Lions. I'm gonna go Lions. Jesus. I think there's something about the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. They just what? show up. They always lose. Stafford, to the I think, had they lose to the Packers every year. <laughs> I don't even know if Steven's <laughs> taking them this week. <laughs> Josh with the ultimate just, olive branch. The Texans aren't a good football team. And the Lions. I think the Lions Thanksgiving, are. I think it's going to put something in the air. Galladay could be back this week. DeAndre Swift, I think, should be back as well. I don't know. Plus three seems kind of like a steal at home on Thanksgiving for Detroit. All right. Chris, Steph, to you. Uh, I got the Texans here. Um <clears throat> Deshaun Watson. Josh is the lone wolf. Yeah, he's the lone wolf for sure. No way I feel comfortable <laughs> taking the Lions here. I don't feel comfortable taking the Texans here. 
But yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take the Texans, and we're just gonna hope that Deshaun Watson. Um, we're just gonna hope that Deshaun Watson can win uh, win the game for him. I also I'm looking for a stat that I saw earlier that I haven't found yet, uh, but I'll uh, I'll pipe back in when I find it. It's a pretty interesting stat. Okay, sounds good. So we have. Four of us are on the Texans, and then Josh is on the Lions. We'll go to our second game here of uh, Thanksgiving. We got the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys picked up a win with Andy Dalton last week, um, and the Washington football team beat the Bengals. The Cowboys are favored by three here. You can get the football team money line at plus 155. Over, under, is at 46. Um it, this is a tough this is so tough because when you think about this game and you think about this division it just kind of feels like this would be the type of year the Cowboys make the playoffs in like one of the worst divisions of all time it's just the total Cowboys thing to get into the playoffs but I'm pretty sure the as of last week it may have changed a little bit but I don't think it did the the Washington football team has the pa- best pass defense in the NFL and their front four is terrifying I'm not going to fall for the Cowboys, what we saw last week playing the Vikings. I think the play here is the football team plus three. That would be my best bet. Big Dog? Same reasoning. Football team plus three. I did too many trend picks last week. I feel like a lot of people are going to take the Cowboys because they looked really good last week. Alex Smith, Washington football team. Josh, this is your team. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to hop in with my team here. I think this, uh, yeah, their front seven can probably shut down Zeke Elliott because that was a big thing with the Vikings last week. The run game looked pretty good, and that's what they needed. But if they can shut down Zeke, and like almost every other team has this season, uh, I think Alex Smith is going to be enough to get this game away. Let's go plus three. Okay, uh, Christo to you, and then we'll go to Kyle. I think uh, I've got the Cowboys here. Feels gross as well. Um, but, um, I don't know. They seem to get things back into gear a little bit more. They moved Zach Martin from right guard to right tackle. He seems to be doing a little bit better out there. That was his natural position in college. Um, and, uh, I think they might be able to negate the, the Washington defensive line more than we've seen this year. So I think that they could run the ball a little bit more effectively. And uh, I think they win by a field goal. Okay. Kyle, to you. Um, I'm going to go with actually the football team here, and reason being is a lot of these times with, with the with the Dallas Cowboys betting line, they always anticipate a lot of bets coming in on the Cowboys. So I feel like that's why this, they're at minus three right now is because they're trying to essentially lure people into betting on the Cowboys here. So mm-hmm. I think that it's kind of a flawed line, so I'm going Washington football team plus three. All right, so Chris is the lone wolf there. We'll go into our next game. We have the Ravens at the Steelers. Um, you can get the Steelers at minus five and a half. The Ravens' money line is plus 185. The over-under is at 44 and a half. Uh, I'm going to start with you this time, big dog. How are you feeling about this game? Hey, Brian, let me let me just yeah. say something real quick. I found the stat I was looking Yeah, go for, for. it. Go. So uh, Deshaun Watson leads the NFL in in uh, total EPA since Bill, o- Bill O'Brien was fired and what EPA stands for. This is from Next Gen Stats, by the way. What EPA is mm-hmm. is um, expected points added. And it, so it, it measures how much each play um, affects the score of the game relative to the situation. So, like, if 
you are expected to get a sack and you escape from it and roll out and you know throw the ball down the field to Will Fuller or whatever, then obviously you know your your EPA would increase a little bit. But since Bill O'Brien is fired, basically what that means is that it's opened up Deshaun Watson a little bit more, um, and it's provided him with some you know a little bit more ground for explosive plays. So that's that's what I look for the for the Texans to to continue this week too. So I just wanted to throw that in there. I told you I was looking for a stat and that was the one. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Thank you for doing that. So we'll go to the last game of Thanksgiving Ravens at Steelers. Steelers favored by five and a half Ravens money line plus plus one eighty five. over under 44 and a half big dog. What are you feeling about this game? So about a month ago, the Ravens were favored by three and a half. Correct. Yes. I think with the Ravens season pretty much online because they're out of the playoff picture right now, I am going to take the hungry dog runs faster mentality. I'm taking plus five and a half. These games are always three points or less. Five and a half on Thanksgiving with the season on the line. I'm taking you, Lamar Jackson. Win me one bet this year. One time. I respect that. Um, I I'll, I'm doing this. I'm taking the Ravens plus five and a half for basically the same reason. I think it's gonna be a close game, and I th- I don't think the Steelers are an undefeated team. I don't think they're a team that's gonna go sixteen and zero. I think they're gonna fall somewhere, and I think that this in this divisional game could be where it be. So I'll take the Ravens plus five and a half, and I'll also take the over forty four and a half here. I think that that um, I think it's gonna go over, and there's nothing better. On Thanksgiving night, you got a full belly, maybe cracking open some brews after dinner, and we're rooting for an over. So, Ravens plus five and a half in the over there for me. Um, Kyle, we'll go to you next. I'm also actually going to tell you guys as well, plus five and a half on the Ravens. It's it's really hard to really sweep a team in your division, and the Steelers have already gotten one of the wins this year, and I don't think that the Ravens are going to let them get another one. And even if they do, they're going to keep it tight. So that five and a half point buffer there, Makes you feel really comfortable, so I'm gonna go Ravens minus or excuse me plus five and a half. Okay, Josh. Yeah, I agree. Um, plus five and a half. These games are closer than always uh, than than we expect always. And um, yeah, I think if the Steelers are gonna lose any game, I think it's this one. So I, but I'm not gonna take any money line. I think the spread is good enough. Uh, the only thing that scares me, I also kind of want to take the over, and I think I will. But why is it this fucking low? This seems really fucking low. I know it's probably they're betting it's going to be a defensive game, but is there like a weather report? Yeah, that could be it. I checked um, earlier. There's not much. There's potential of like light rain in Pittsburgh. That's about it. Maybe they're just then expecting because like of COVID. AFC but North brawl. It's of but COVID. it's it's <laughs> it's five or six days out, and weathermen are idiots. So we'll see. Yeah. I'll I'll take the over then. Fuck it. We'll go in with you, B. Rob. Okay. Let's do it. Perfect. Uh, Christo. Um, finalizing out our Thanksgiving Day games. Who you got? Yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with all three of the favorites on Thanksgiving. I'm taking the Steelers too here. Um, and the reason is is because it, I, if you know I, I I don't really have a great feel for this game, but I'm telling you, they've already got J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram and. It, two other defensive players, and I think maybe a lineman out on the COVID list. And if this game even happens, and they got four staff members on the COVID list, so if this game even happens, then 
you know, how many guys are the Ravens actually going to have out there? What if Lamar tests positive on, on you know, right before a game day? What's what's going to happen there? I mean, he stands close to the They'll running back. They'll cancel it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and if they don't cancel it, then the Steelers are playing a depleted Ravens team. So, I, I'm on the Steelers. Okay. Um, we are wrapped up on the Thanksgiving Day games. We're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to go through the rest of the Sunday slate and give out and finalize our best bets. Stay tuned. All right, we're back and we're going to look at Sunday's games after we just checked out Thanksgiving's games. Um, we got the first game we're going to talk about here is the Cardinals at the Patriots. The Cardinals are favored by two and a half. You can get the Patriots money line at plus 120 over under at 49 and a half. Josh, I'm going to start with you on this one. Do you have a best bet on this one? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I don't feel great about it but because this just seems too low. I don't know why, but there's there's something weird about this line that I just don't like about that Vegas did. Um, it to me this line should easily be like minus five minus six right at least it's just I don't know in Foxborough maybe but I don't know yeah the Cardinals are the way better team and I'm gonna take the value I think at minus two and a half okay uh Christo uh yeah I have uh I have a best bet on the Cardinals as well I think uh the Patriots defense is like top bottom three in the league uh They've been absolutely horrible. The bottom year. team. Oh, there you go. The bottom team. Um, and, uh, I mean, what are they going to do to contain Kyler? I think absolutely nothing. Um, and uh, and I think the, the Cardinals defense is going to be able to get to Cam a little bit. More than they have been. I don't trust their defense necessarily, but I don't trust the Patriots offense more than I don't trust the Cardinals defense. So, uh, I think it's kind of a blowout. I don't understand why the number's two and a half. So I'm thinking. Yeah, it's oh. weird. Yeah. Kyle? Uh, I have the same reluctance as Josh here. I'm a little nervous because that two and a half should be bigger. However, the by DVOA, the Patriots are absolutely dead last. And that's sad to see considering they had like the best defense of all time last year. Um, but I'm taking Cardinals two and a half best bet. Okay, I'm also jumping in <clears throat> on that Cardinals minus two and a half. I think the line is weird. I don't understand why it's like that, but it's one of those lines where I'm just going to be like, fuck it, I'm just going to take it. I like the Cardinals minus two and a half. Big Doug? I have no best bet, but I'm going to make this a five-way best bet, taking the Cardinals minus two and a half. All right, we are Patriots. all. Like, we're talking about the defense, but who? they don't have anyone on offense either. They don't have, like, one playmaker <laughs> no. on offense. Burkhead's so, out, I My think. boy Rex is gone. Yeah. This is just 20 years of respect to the Patriots. I think the line, Cardinals minus two and a half. Okay. Um, I, that, we're all on the Cardinals there, so that'll be exciting. Shout out to Tyler Harford. Uh, next game, we got the Browns at the Jaguars. Was considered for the Charmin Ultra Toilet Bowl game of the week. Was ultimately not. But the Browns are favored by six and a half. Here you get the Jaguars money line plus 240. Over under this game is 49. Um, this is going to be a really shitty game. Uh, no pun intended, but... Uh, I'm just going to take the under 49 here. That's what I I don't think these teams can score. I think that the Browns are basically just a ball control running team. And the Jaguars' greatest strength is, like Chris was mentioning, is James Robinson. I think it's going to be the run, run the ball game, some turnovers on both sides. I'll take the under 49, and we'll go to Chris to start with this. 
Um, yeah, I've got a best bet that it, it, it includes this game in a teaser, but uh, we've also got uh, we've got some chance of uh, precipitation and some and some winds there in Jacksonville. So the under might be a good look. The other thing too is, like I just mentioned, in when we were talking about our uh, our you know top five players this year. I think the Browns' defensive line is just going to be a little bit overwhelming for Jacksonville, and uh, I, I think I heard, I, I don't know, you guys confirm or you guys let me know if I'm right here, but I heard that Minshew might be back coming back this week, um, mm-hmm. which could provide you know a little bit of spark to the to the position players. Um, so you know, it, I would think about plus six and a half if Minshew's playing. If Minshew's playing, I wouldn't I think, think about, about plus six and a half, but I wouldn't. I would think about the over, um, okay. just because I I don't think uh, I don't know I don't trust Jacksonville's defense at all, and I don't I, I I don't think Cleveland's any good on offense either. But I think they can run the ball, you know, and I think you know between Hunt and and Chubb, I think they can run the ball and and put up enough points. And um, you know, if, if Minshew's back, maybe a spark for the offense puts the game over, but. Uh, you know, we'll talk about them later in the best bets because I got them paired with another team. Okay, uh, Kyle, Josh, either of you have a best bet on this? I do actually. Okay, go for uh, it, Kyle. Um, it's actually not going to be a straight bet. It is going to be a tease. And funny that you mentioned about the teasing the Jacksonville Jaguars because that is exactly what I'm going to be doing. The reason is um, the Browns don't like to beat people by a lot. They only like to beat them by a little bit, and I think that was very evident when Kareem Hunt ran out of bounds last week. Um, at the same time, this is going to be, like Chris mentioned, it's going to be a run-heavy game for both teams. So I just don't think there's going to be enough scoring for there to be a larger margin than the 13-point victory. Additionally, I think the Jaguars, with the receivers they have, they are frisky enough to get that garbage-time touchdown to make it within 13 points. So I'll tell you my second leg of the of the teaser later in the um, best bets here, but I'm taking six and a half um, tees to the already six and a half to plus 13. Okay. Uh, Josh, you have anything on this? No, the over was interesting, but uh, yeah, if there's any chance for bad weather, I'm, I'm not even risking it at all. So I'm yeah. going to stay away. Okay. Big Doug, anything? Nothing. I would just lean Jaguars. Okay, let's go to our next game. We'll have we'll I'll kick this straight to Chris and Kyle because I don't have a best bet on this. We got the Raiders at the Falcons. The Raiders are favorite. Raiders best bet. Let's go. Falcons money line <laughs> plus one forty over under fifty five and a half. Chris, best bet. Yeah, that's it. Those, those, that's all I'm saying. I'm all the only thing I'm going to tell you is Raiders best bet. Raiders money line, and I'll be there. That's it. All right. Fuck yeah, Kyle. Minus three lock. Oh, Kyle, you dirty dog. Josh, anything in. on this? I think I'm. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I think I'm an honorary Raiders fan right now because I'm also going Raiders minus three. I, I, what? this line is weird Fuck to me go. as well because Jesus. I don't, I don't fucking understand it. This, this just looks too easy to me. Minus three Falcons against the Falcons. Right now, the Falcons. Let's go. Oh, I hit the Falcon. I, I want to bet on the Falcons, but I just can't. They suck so much, Dick. Big Dog, do you have anything? No play. Go Falcons. <laughs> no, Go lost. to hell. <laughs> All right. Here we got uh, – <laughs> here's a big-time game here next, folks. We got the Los Angeles Chargers at the Buffalo Bills. 
The Bills are favored by five and a half. It's a matchup of Herbert and the Stallion. The Bills, five and a half. Chargers money line plus 210 over under 54 and a half. I have two best bets on this game. Whew. Being a Charger fan for all my life has taught me one thing. My team is going to lose, but it's going to hurt. So I will be taking the Chargers plus five and a half because I fully expect to lose by a field goal, a missed extra point, a fumble recovery, something like that. The Chargers are going to make me think they're going to win this game for like 10 minutes or so. And then they're going to fuck up and they're going to lose by like three or four. The Bills play kind of close. I'll take the Chargers plus five and a half. And then I'll also take the over of 54 and a half. Because how could I not take the over in a matchup of two man rockets in the Stallion and Justin Herbert? So I'll take the over 54 and a half and the Chargers plus five and a half. It's actually 53 53 and a half. Yeah. Okay, so I'll take the over 53 and a half and um, the Chargers plus five and a half. Big Doug. Oh, we are locking the Chargers (laughs) plus five and a half. You said it the best this week, Brian. Oh, I'm locking that as well, but that that's why I meant. Yeah. yeah. We are locking the Chargers because on Thanksgiving week, our most thankful player was Justin Herbert. I think it's only right to honor that. And like you said, they're going to lose, and it's going to be a heartbreaker, and it's going to be by probably a safety. They'll probably lose on a safety fumble or something like that. I mean, yeah, or they'll lose like uh, – has there ever been a Bach – called on a quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> I feel like the Chargers could this lose week, that way. This week. <laughs> <laughs> they could lose that way. Um, Kyle, Kyle, we'll go to you next. Do you have anything on this? Yeah, so I'm a little tempted. I, I am a little tempted to take Chargers plus five and a half. I, I can't say I'll commit just because I hate uh, the Chargers it's... too much to actually bet on them, but I will take the over. And the reason okay. being is these two teams by DVOA are fifth and seventh Chargers and Buffalo on passing, and then 27th and 23rd on rushing. So these teams suck at running the ball. They're both going to be slinging the ball. So 53 and a half, best bet over. All right, I like that. Um, Josh, Christo, Josh, we'll go to you. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. I think these offenses are red hot. Herbert especially, red hot. If Josh Allen coming off a bye, he should be well-rested. Let's do it. 53 is kind of low. It should probably be around 58, I feel like. So let's do it. Over 53 and a half. All right, Chris. Um, I have no best bet in this game, but th- I'm gonna, I love to watch this game because, uh, to be honest, like, you know, as athletic as Herbert is, like, he's just such an exquisite passer. It's going to be fun to see the differing styles of quarterback because Josh Allen can throw the ball from, you know, where he's playing in New York back to where he's from in Wyoming, but I'm not exactly sure how accurately he can do that. Um, (laughs) But he's absolutely incredible to watch on the ground, and Herbert is the exact opposite. He could throw the ball 100 yards and put it exactly where it needs to be. So I just I think the two the two differing styles of quarterback is is going to be fun to watch here, and uh, and I I see I see the play for the over, but. but how, I mean, I don't understand why the over. You're right, isn't higher. Like fifty six and a half was was Raiders Chiefs, and uh, I, I've seen plenty of other games up at fifty seven. Um, so I don't know why they put it at fifty three and a half. I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Buffalo, but um, 
but I, I don't know. It's just a little, little sketchy to me, but this is just going to be a really fun game to watch for me. That's all. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's Sunny go into our Sunday. next game. Um, Dolphins at Jets. Uh, Dolphins are favored by a touchdown. Uh, Jets money lines at plus 250, over under at 44 and a half. I have the Dolphins in the tease later, so I won't go too much into it. Um, I will go first. Does anyone have a big play on this game? Josh, we'll go to you then. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Dolphins minus seven here, actually, because I think for sure, I think it's going to be a bounce back game. Hopefully, is Tua playing yet? Actually, I didn't even look that up. Yeah. To start. yeah, he's going to be starting. Then, yeah, this is get right game for Tua, minus seven. He's going to win by two touchdowns. Fuck it. Okay, uh, Big Dog, do you have anything on this? No play. I'm staying away from the Dolphins this week. Christo, Kyle, same. No play? Same. No play. They also okay. they need this win. Also, I forgot to mention as well. To stay in the hunt, okay. they need this win. Yeah, no All no, right. we'll no go- play for me, but why would they put this number at six and a half? They're just asking you to tease this number down. So there's something they know that we don't, and that is a little, that's a little finicky to me, so. And I'm just that gullible idiot who's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to tease this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go into our Charmin Ultra Bowl or our Charmin Ultra Toilet Bowl game of the week. Is the Giants at the Bengals? The Giants are favored by six. The Bengals money line is plus 215. Obviously, no Joe Burrow. Over under at 42.5. We all have to make a play on this and on the next game we're going to be talking about because our next game will be our game of the week. My Toilet Bowl. Play of the week. I'm gonna take the Giants minus six. And I'll take Daniel Jones. Hopefully, he doesn't have an 80-yard touchdown to win and falls on the five-yard line. But I'll take the Giants. Big dog. What do you have? Giants minus six. I love Danny Jones. Okay. Giants minus six. Uh, Kyle. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm really scared by that spread number. So I think for me, I'm gonna take the under 43 on this one. Okay. Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to do that on a Charmin? bowl game or do i have to do spread i think you have to go spread but okay. you can also do both okay um i'm put all I'm gonna... your money in this game kyle that, that's, <laughs> what I, that's what i think you should do i hate that i'm gonna say this but i guess i'm gonna have to go giants minus five and a half yes okay there we go uh christo um yeah i gotta take the giants minus five and a half too i mean ryan finley's throwing the ball Ryan, 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 Ryan Finley is throwing the ball. He's throwing the ball, so you can't. I mean, what are you? What are you supposed to do? I don't. I don't feel comfortable laying any points with the Giants, much less five and a half. But that Cincy offensive line obviously completely ruined Burrow's career. That's just, you know, honestly, that that guy should have to sell the team after that because that is one of the worst things that you can Criminal. see. I mean. They they didn't they Fucked they didn't up. want to spend enough money to bring in a free agent to be able to protect their number one. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous to me that that is allowed to happen. I don't think that guy deserves to own a team anymore. I don't think the GM deserves to ever have another job in the NFL. Absolutely ridiculous that 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 they let that happen. But yeah, I don't trust Ryan Finley throwing the ball. So we're gonna take Danny Jones and and whatever his rushing yards over number is. Uh, that should be an interesting look too, because I think they're going to get a lot of uh, of read options uh, going or RPOs in there too. So, be interesting to see what his over and rushing is too. 
Yeah, I'll, what I'll do with that, Chris, is I'll put out that number on the Pineapple Couch's Instagram and maybe do a poll and see how the folks are thinking and maybe do like a group bet on that or something. Um, I like that. Uh, so, uh, Josh, you went. No. Or have you not gone? Not yet. Hey, there, I, no. I remembered you this time. Well, there we go. Almost. Barely. You, almost you barely remember yeah, him there. Barely. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Danny Dimes here, too. Minus five and a half. I think the Bengals are fucking trash, and that was with Joe Burrow. Take out Joe Burrow, like their only bright spot. I think this is eat pro- <laughs> this might be the worst offense in the league with, like, still pretty good receivers, and it's going to be Johnny bad. Flynn? I think what this is going to be a fucking train wreck uh, going forward. And honestly, we're going to look back at this line, and we're going to think that, fuck, the Giants are going to win their division. This line should have been minus 10. Um, let's go. Let's go. Dan okay. Uh, interesting we're play all... there will be Giovanni Bernard over on receiving yards because if there's one thing that backup quarterbacks Ooh. like to dump do, it's to dump off to the running backs. Mm-hmm. It's a good play. I like that. Tight ends, too. They like, they like their tight ends. Yeah, tight ends as well. Who even is the fucking tight mm-hmm. end? Okay, let's <laughs> no get... idea. <laughs> I think Eifert's gone, right? Isn't Eifert is it, on? Yeah, like, I was yeah, gonna say Eifert. Eifert. No. It's, I mean, like it's not T.J. Hushmanzada or Chad <laughs> Chosinka. No, like, no, no. But that's their D tackle. The Eiffel Tower's <laughs> out. Who the fuck yeah. is their tight end? Okay, someone can look that up. We'll go into our game of the week. Our game of the week in terms of playoff implications is going to be the Titans at the Colts. The Colts are favored by four. You get the Titans money line at plus 170. The over-under on this game is 51. We're all going to take something on the spread in this game because it is our game of the week. Um, I'm going to take the Colts minus four. I've been really on the Colts all year long, so I don't feel like getting off them. I think the Colts, if you look at their past record against the Titans, they usually perform pretty well. Um, I like what they discovered with uh, Jonathan Taylor last week i also think that the titans defense is really bad but them playing the ravens made everyone forget about how their defense is bad so i think that the colts actually can throw the ball and lamar can't so i'll take the colts minus four um and then i will kick it now to josh for his best bet on titans colts oh i thought you were gonna say the Bengals tight end who's drew sample by the way ah sample There's your NFL Simple. trivia there. A sample um, size of Charmin, huh? <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, this, this is going to be a little bit longer, I think, a little bit, because ever since that week, uh, I guess it was last Sunday, uh, with the uh, Ravens-Patriots game, uh, Andrew mentioned that all the money in that game, it was like 93% of the money was going to the Ravens. So I've been looking at that a lot just to make sure, looking at my bets, just to make sure I'm following the money, looking where the money goes. A lot of the money, not not as much as uh, the, that Ravens game, a lot of the money's going to the Titans right now. I don't buy it. I, I just I think the public's wrong on this one. I'm going to go Colts. Let's go, uh, what is it? Oh, I love you, minus, you beautiful bastard. Four and a half, right? It's three and a uh, half. Colts minus four. Three and a half, actually, right now. Three and a half now, okay. Yeah. So three and a half. Minus three and a half. All right, uh, big dog to you. What do you have on this? Give me Phil. Minus three and a half. I hate it. Give me Phil. Fuck yeah, let's go, Kyle. Uh, I'm gonna fade all of you, and I'm going Titans three and a half here. Or actually, I'll take the plus four if that's what you're. If you're betting minus four, there, be Rob. I'm gonna go plus four Titans. Well, I'm, right. I'm taking three and a half. That was Sorry, just edited. Half, it just okay. got edited. Then three and a half Titans. 
Reason being, the Ravens are a very good defense, and the Titans were still able to score on them and put up numbers. I think that when it comes to these divisional games and a team loses, they typically figure out what they did wrong to bounce back. Um, and again, like I mentioned before, it's pretty hard when it's two good teams in the same division. It's hard to sweep. It's really hard to sweep. So um, I'm banking on the Titans not getting swept. So I'm going to go Titans plus three and a half. Okay, Christo. Uh, I, I don't want the three and a half. I want the money line. Give me the Titans money line plus one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chris wants the smoke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Kyle, that, why don't a... why don't you take the money line too? If if it's hard to sweep, you should just take the money line. Get that one one and a half <laughs> yeah, to Kyle. one. Yeah, just Kyle. Take, Kyle, um, just take the money. Yeah, line. but Kyle, uh, you don't you don't feel confident in your in your picks? <laughs> He's scared of Phil. It's okay. Oh, I would be too. I've I've lost too much money on the Titans <laughs> this year to actually bet the money line there. So I'm going to play their safe bet. Nah, it's a safe bet. Yeah, it's I, a safe bet to take the four. Absolutely. I but that. uh, but you know what? I'm not a very safe guy. That's why I, that's why I smoked a pack a day in college. All right, so we're uh, we're yeah we're 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 going we're going we're going Titans money line baby. Let's let's take it home. Uh, I love it, Christo. Okay, we'll go to our next game here. We got the 49ers at the Rams. The Rams are favored by a touchdown, seven points. 49ers money line plus two seventy over under forty five. I have the Rams involved in a tease that I'll talk about later. Um, anyone got a big best bet on this game that they would like to take the lead on this? Kyle, go. Uh, I would have a tease as well that I'd like to speak about now. Um, go for it's it. Gonna, it's going to be the continuation of my Jacksonville Jaguars plus 13. I'm going to tease down the Rams to minus half points so just to get the win. I think last or this past game we saw the Rams caught a little bit of stride with their passing game. And the Niners are like one of the best defensive rush teams right now in the league. But if they don't have to rely on their rush, the Rams that is, in order to beat the Niners, I think they'll be able to tear the Niners up in the secondary. Yeah, uh, I agree. I have the Rams are in my tees, so I'm there with you. Anyone? No one else has got to play on this. That's a lock. That's game. a lock for me, by the way. I forgot to mention. That. Okay, lock for Kyle. We'll go to Christo and then to Josh. Um, so I this is actually the second half of my tees. We're doing Rams, right? Okay, yeah. so uh, yeah, this is second half of my tease too. So um, I've actually got the um, the, Cle- the Cleveland down to uh, just a win in Jacksonville, um, basically minus a half point, and then uh, mm-hmm. th- uh, I've got the Rams right now at minus seven. So that's what I'm going to roll with um, and bring okay. them down to one, uh, which is fine mm-hmm. because. That's what I'm doing. I got it. I have that the six point tease from seven to one. Okay, well. cool. So yeah, that's what I'll roll with. And then um, also another best bet that uh, the, the tease is the best bet. And then my lock of the week is Rams minus seven. So we're doubling up with the Rams here. Um, I just uh, they're they're way they're way too much for uh, way, way way too much for the Niners, who are basically a college football team at this point. So um, uh, that's what it comes down to there. Okay, yeah. Um, I will. I before Josh goes, I, I should have mentioned. I guess uh, my tease. I had the. I mentioned I was going to tease the Dolphins from minus seven to minus one, and then I'm also doing the same with the Rams. So my tease is six point tease to get the Rams to minus one and the Dolphins to minus one. Josh, what you got? Yeah, I'm also putting this in a tease. I think this is the most obvious tease of the week. Uh, Rams down to minus one. I think the Niners going to be a little feisty. Well, I'm actually I'm going to throw in the Saints. I'm going to get the the that line to even the spread to even so i'm gonna go saints uh rams uh six point tees 
Okay. Fuck yeah. Um, okay, we'll go to our next game here then. We got the Chiefs at the Bucks. Um, Chiefs are favored by three and a half. The Bucks money line is at plus 170. Over under is at 56 points. I locked the Chargers earlier. I will be doing uh, two locks this week. I'm also locking the Chiefs minus three and a half against this Bucks team that I don't believe in. And I actually kind of think that the Chiefs defense is going to be able to fuck with that Bucks offensive line. And I just, from what we've seen out of the Bucks this year, there's no way in hell they're keeping up with Patrick Mahomes. I know they have a good defense, but I'm going to take the Chiefs minus three and a half here. That's a lock. Uh, I'll go to Kyle next. Kyle, do you have anything on this? Yeah, so I'm actually going to buy the point to get down to two and a half just in case it is a closer game. And I know that after seeing last game, um, if it comes down to a tie game and Pat Mahomes needs to come down the field and get a field goal, he will. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm taking the Chiefs minus two and a half, and I'm also making that a lock. I'm going three locks this week. I got a lot of ground to cover, boys. So I, I respect it. I respect it. I'm actually, Kyle, that's a good point. I just said I was going to take Chiefs minus three and a half. I'm actually going to buy that half point. Yeah. I'm going to go Chiefs minus three. I've been fucked uh, on the I, hook so many times this year, so I'm yeah. done. I'm done betting on the hook. That's a good call. Hey, Pineapple Couch listeners, Kyle, just listen to what you just said. That's a good thing to always know. You're taking those minus three and a half, maybe buy the half point or get the full point, and then you go to minus two and a half, you can win on that field goal. Big dog, what you got? Chiefs minus two and a half. Great call, Kyle. Two and a half. Buy the oh. point. Yeah, Kyle, we like that. So we're with you there. Uh, Christo and then to Josh. Um, Yeah, I don't see another way to play this game. The, the, the Bucks offensive line just looked so poor last week. Um, and you know, they, they, their defense was, it was decent. I know that the score was higher in that game, but, um, it was right around the number that, that Vegas set it at. So that's kind of what they expected, but you know, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think the bucks are able to, able to, you know, even hang with the chiefs scheme wise. I, I, I trust, I trust Andy Reid over, over Arians any day of the week. And to be completely honest with you, I feel like Byron Leftwich is kind of riding the coattails of, of Tom Brady and every other playmaker they have in that offense. Because I've seen Tom Brady too many times, like, just throw, dump the ball off into the flats. And it wasn't because he wasn't going through his reads, but it was just kind of like that was exactly the play that they designed. And uh, and when you got when you got Evans, Godwin, um, Antonio Brown all on the outside, you know, and even Scotty Miller to open things up with an underneath crossing route. It would make sense to let Tom sit back there for a little bit more time and and be able to read the field a little bit more because, you know, nine times out of ten, one of those guys is going to get open. Now, with that being said, it might have had something to do with the injuries that they had on the offensive line, but, you know, it's just kind of like, I'm waiting on I'm waiting on Leftwich to bring in a better game plan than he's got so far. So I've got to go with the Chiefs for now. But uh, that that's just kind of like be wary with that number because uh, you know if their offensive line comes back healthy and they're able to protect Brady, he's able to sit back there for a little bit longer. Then we'll see if he's able to open the field up at all. Not a best bet for me, but I would like to take the Chiefs minus three and a half. Okay, um, it's it, uh, going off that it's really shocking after Byron Leftwich's great playing career that he's not good at calling plays. I mean, he was just such a fucking good quarterback. It's just shocking. Um, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I um, I was going to take the Chiefs spread and then 
Honestly, yeah. Kyle talked me out of it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the half point. Actually, I'm not the full point, but we're just gonna do a half point. We'll do minus three. Three with minus me. Three. I'll yeah, go you're with, with you me. On that one. Okay. I still want the value. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Kyle, I I kind of have a weird feeling after how much we've talked about that getting the two and a half that the Chiefs are gonna win by three, and me and Josh are gonna push. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll just be fully Kyle I'll take the ties, that. baby. Yeah, we'll take them. All em. the ties. Okay, we got two more games because we're going to be going on Sunday night this week. So we will do the Monday night game there. But if you have a Monday night bet that you want to put in now, we'll talk about that too. We got two more games um, on Sunday. We got the Saints at the Broncos. The Saints are favored by six. Broncos money line is at plus 220. You get the over under at 43 and a half. Uh, I'll start. Uh, Saints are 6 0 without Drew and Breeze. They're going to go to 7 0. The Broncos just won last week. That was fucking weird. Um, the Saints are going to win by more than six, and they'll go to 7 0 without Drew Breeze. Saints minus six. Lock. Third lock. Three. Saints minus six. I'm like fucking two and eight in locks. I got a fucking. I mean, I, I have like over a hundred games like I've bet on, and then it's just like I'm two and eight in locks. So you know, fuck it. I'm gonna throw in three locks this week. I'll take the Saints minus uh, six. Big dog to you. Yeah. So you said it best. Two and eight. I I love the Broncos here. I am taking plus six Denver because I don't think Taysom you motherfucker. Hill, you. Just... Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos plus six. I'm. Don't. And I said it's best. Yeah, you were two and eight. You said it was best. Like you made a great. You point. patronized me. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Broncos plus six in the Mile High Stadium. I thought you were complimenting me for a second, and then I realized you were patronizing me. Yeah. So again, I'm going to take the Broncos plus six here because <laughs> I don't think Taysom Hill is going to have back-to-back great weeks. Six points is too much in Denver. Denver's too weird of a place to play. Plus six. I feel very good about it. I'm glad you feel good about it, uh, Kyle. You know, I'm not doing, I'm not doing a play here, but uh, I, if I had to ch- like lean either way, it would probably Choose be Denver wisely. plus six. Not gonna lie, just because the, I mean, w- w- are we supposed to take one game against the Atlanta Falcons defense as our baseline reading of how Taysom Hill as a quarterback? Great. That point. Falcons are that's, terrible. That's a good point. They are awful. <laughs> And I, I do think the Saints still win this, so if I had to choose a play, it'd be fucking Saints money line. But I still think it might be a little bit closer game than we're expecting. All right, uh, Christo, Josh, uh, either of you have a best bet on this? Yeah. Whoever does, go. Yeah, um, Josh. sorry, because that perfectly segues. I agree. I think it's going to be a closer game, which is why I already mentioned that I'm teasing this game down to even. So I'm picking the Saints here. I did an even line just to win. Hmm. I like when I'm the lone wolf. Remember when I was the lone wolf last week as the Colts, Chris? Um, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, no bet here for me. But, um, but I would look, uh, you know, I would, I would look for the for the Saints defense to to be able to to bottle up the Broncos offense a little bit. Um, if I were to pick a side, it would be the Saints. But uh, I don't feel comfortable okay. with it yet. Just you know. Oh. I, I, I like the uh, I like the uh, I like the Saints defense to to you know come off the edge and I think that uh, that guy that uh, that Josh mentioned earlier in Hendrickson. the show Hendrickson yeah I think he's gonna have two sacks this week so whatever yeah there you go I don't know if they offer over props uh, for for number of sacks but if they have an over one and a half sacks on that guy or over one sack on that guy look at that one. 
That'd be like plus like 500. Yeah, I bet it'd be, be pretty good. good. I bet they probably put a half sack for each yeah. game. So good call there. Um, all right, let's go into our Sunday night football game. We got the Bears at the Packers. Packers are favored by eight and a half. The Bears money lines plus 330 over under 45 points. Big dog, do you have a play on this? Not betting on Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not betting on the Bears. Nope. All right, smart man. Uh, Kyle? Nothing. I'm staying away from this game. Josh? I really want to bet the plus eight, but I, I can't do it. I, I don't trust. Do it. I don't trust this fucking team. I don't trust do Foles it. to put up. He any doesn't trust him at all. Chris, um, no best bet, but yeah, I mean, how in the world are you? Is anybody even going to entertain the idea of betting on the Bears? It's absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. If you want to do anything, throw the Packers into a money line parlay because they're going to win the game, and. I don't feel like that bad by laying eight and a half against the Bears, but they do have a good defense. So getting up to that point, you know, it might be tougher, but, you know, I don't know. There's still, I don't have an over under on this game. Do you guys have an over under on this game yet? 45. 45, yeah. 45. What's the weather in Green Bay? If the weather's if the weather's shitty, look at the under, and and if the weather is shitty, then take the under now because that under is going to be forty two before the game starts. That that's my advice on this 40, game. Forty four, partly cloudy. Okay. All right. Um, I shockingly have a play on this game. Um, I'm gonna lay the points. I'm gonna lay the hook as my mentor Christo Lucius told hook. me to do. I'm gonna lay the hook. Packers minus eight and a half. The Packers. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers just got completely upstaged by a guy who's just way more of a family man and a better man than him last week. So I think they will bounce back against the Bears, who I think they have the worst offense in the league. I am convinced that the Bears are better with Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles sucks, and Carson Wentz also sucks, so that whole thing sucks. But I'm going to lay the eight and a half with the Packers. I think they're kind of pissed off, and they'll just beat the shit out of the shitty Bears team. Um that will be my play there. I didn't get to talk about it last week, but the the Bears Vikings game uh, last week. How about when Nick Foles went down and this Cowboys was like, Vikings? No, no, no. Uh, the week before, I'm saying the Monday oh, night yeah, game, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bears Vikings. Uh, when uh, when fucking Nick Foles went down and it was all ready for fucking Trubisky to come in, lead this team to the win, and he's fucking hurt. He's not. He hasn't played a fucking game since week three. Was it against the Falcons? And it's just yeah, like no, a he, shoulder thing. He came in like three weeks ago for one play, and it was a read option. Oh, and he went down, and that's how he fucked up his that's shoulder. How we got hurt. One play. Are you serious? It was one play. Yeah, <laughs> fucked up his shoulder on no one idea. read option play. Randomly, it was like the second quarter on like second oh, down. Man. The coach put him in. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck are the Bears <laughs> Poor doing? Guy. Oh man. Oh my god, that is tragic. Oh, okay, torches. that is um. Through Sunday night football, does anyone want to make a play on Seahawks Eagles Monday night football, or we want to wait till Sunday night? I'll wait because I'm yeah, gonna Sunday. wait. I'm gonna wait. Um, okay, I, so we're all uh, Chris. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna make a, a play on the game, but I am not gonna be on the Sunday night game. So I just wanted to talk about it for a brief second. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I just. I don't know. The 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 Eagles have next to the Bears have looked so bad. I don't know. I think Carson Wentz might actually be left-handed. He just hasn't figured it out yet. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it's like the the Ben Simmons ben effect, Simmons. but in the NFL, that, that's that's yeah. Philly just is a magnet for those types of players. That's exactly right. He tore his ACL and now he can't throw the ball. I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. But uh, it, it's I don't know. Yeah, the Eagles uh, are they still in the division lead for uh, for the NFC lead? It's all tied. Oh, yeah, well, it's all tied. Whoever Thursday. wins Washington football team or football team Cowboys is in oh, the lead. Oh Lord. Good Lord, help us. Uh, I, Smith Redemption Tour. That's uh, that's all I'm going to say. I would be completely okay with with uh, with putting an additional AFC team in the playoffs instead of a, instead of a team from that division. So uh, no bet, but you've got to look at the Seahawks on that game. But it does kind of feel a little bit like one of those weird, you know, one of those weird Monday night games that. Yeah, uh, you know the over under is fifty and a half. It feels like a thirteen to one of the weird thirteen to seveners or something like that. But uh, but yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet it. Just gonna well, actually, I probably won't watch it. Um, second second hour uh, weekly of the Voice is on Monday, so I'll be tuning into the Voice. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh, Christo, I love you. All right, before we go, uh, so we have. We're going to recap our best bets right now, and then Christo's going to give you guys a little college football talk and a little preview before we wrap up in his picks, um, which will be brief. But we're going to go through our best bets one more time so we can recap them for you. I will start on Thanksgiving Day. I have the Texans minus three, the football team plus three, the Ravens plus five and a half, and the over 44 and a half in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Baltimore. Um, this weekend, my best bets, I got the Cards minus two and a half against the Patriots. Um, under 49 Cleveland Jacksonville Chargers minus five plus five and a half excuse me over 53 and a half Chargers Bills Giants minus six Colts minus three and a half teasing the Rams to minus one and the Dolphins to minus one and a six point tease Saints minus six <laughs> Chiefs minus three buying that half point Packers minus eight and a half and if you're wondering yes I do have fucking action this weekend I fucking can't <laughs> wait um, my record this year is I am, let me pull it up right here, I am 50-47-4 on the season. Wow. Just eclipsed the 100-game mark this past weekend. It is an honor. I am 2-8 and eight in locks this year, but I'm going to guarantee that all three of my locks will hit this week, which my locks, to just recap for you quickly, are Saints minus 6, Chiefs minus 3, and Chargers plus 5.5. Mr. Dog, Mr. Big Dog, how are you doing? What are your best bets? I am thirty-six and twenty-three in the year, five and five with locks. I have my lock. I'm locking the Chargers plus five and a half. Taking Danny Jones and the Giants minus six. Chiefs buying a point minus two and a half. Broncos plus six. Cardinals minus two and a half. And Colts minus three and a half. There we go. We'll go to uh, Josh next. Yeah, uh, my overall record right now is 29, 31, and 3. Dipped up there, dipped dipped under 500 a couple weeks ago and just haven't been able to recover. But I'm going to inch back this week. Uh, 3 and 6 on locks. Again, not fucking great. Fade my locks. Better than 2 and it, 8. Yeah, yeah, that's – but I didn't even give out my locks so yet this week. But all right, so Thanksgiving I got Lions plus 3. Let's ride, Steven. Uh, Washington football team plus three, Ravens plus five and a half, and the over 45 and a half on that game. Uh, I have the lock on the cards minus two and a half, 
Cardinals. Uh, Raiders, minus three. I have the over Chargers, Bills, 53 and a half. Dolphins, minus seven. And I have another lock on the Chiefs, minus three. And I have six point tees of Saints to even, Rams to minus one. And then uh, best game of the week, Colts, I have minus three and a half. Charmin game, I have Giants minus five and a half. Fuck yeah. We'll go to Kyle and then we'll go to Christo. So, oh man, talk about a card this week. Um, I have <laughs> the Texans minus three. Washington. I love it, Kyle. You and me just bet on fucking everything. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a numbers great. game here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got Thanksgiving Day, Texans minus three. The football team, plus three. Ravens, plus five and a half. Um, Sunday's games, I've got Arizona, minus two and a half. I've got Carolina, plus four and a half. I've got Chargers, Buffalo, over 53 and a half. For my Charmin, I've got Giants, minus five and a half. For the best game of the week, I have Titans, plus three and a half. And for my locks, I've got Chiefs, minus two and a half. Fuck the hook. I've got six and a half point tees. Rams minus a half point, Jacksonville plus 13, that's a lock. And then, of course, last, but certainly not least, I got my boys in black over there in Las Vegas, minus three, that's a lock. The Raiders. uh, For the record, my my record is two and five on locks. However, I have three locks this week, so after this week, I will be even. And I've just dipped under 500 with my best bets at 13 and 28. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love you, Kyle. Can we add the Berman Raiders? thing uh, that might be some copyright thing but i'll, 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 get, I'll get big dog a little drunk and have him start growling we'll see how that goes uh christo what do you got for your best bets before you take a look at your college football okay so uh i got rams minus seven lock city i got a teaser rams minus one browns minus a half point i've got the raiders minus three the Raiders money line, take them both. I've got the cards minus two and a half. And for Thanksgiving, I've got Texans minus three, Cowboys minus three, Steelers minus five and a half. And for the game of the week, I've got the Titans money line. Um, I've also got one more best bet that I'm going to throw in there, and it is a money line parlay. It's the Raiders, the Dolphins, and the Rams, and that comes out to plus 184 on the money line. That's the best Ooh. bet. Um, my best bets, 5 and 11. Yeesh. Uh, locks are 2 and 1, so we're, we're, we're chugging along on the locks, Ooh. but uh, <laughs> best bets need some work. So uh, natural, you know, I'm just hoping all the favorites cover this week, I guess. <laughs> I love it, Christo. Okay, so those are our NFL best bets. Again, on our Instagram at the Pineapple Couch, uh, you'll find we'll have a graphic for all our Thanksgiving bets as well as our Sunday NFL slate bets. Um, Christo, before we wrap it up, we wanted to talk a little college football. Obviously, the top 25, the initial rankings came out today. Um, I know you want to talk a little bit about BYU 
and how that's going. And then also I want to get into your Lusso's locks of this college football season. So, Christo, take it away with this whole uh, – I mean, because there's not that much to talk about with the initial top 25, in my opinion. I mean, Notre Dame's overrated, but – BYU, I think there's something to talk about there. So, what do you think? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, BYU is 9-0, and and they're down at 14. They haven't played the greatest schedule, um, but a lot of that is because um, they're independent, and nobody wants to schedule a game against them. You know, they're kind of – which makes complete sense. If you're, an, uh, if you're a Power 5 team or you're a team that's, you know – ranked or in in the mix uh with the playoff or whatever um you know it makes sense that you wouldn't want to schedule a game against them but i would love to see cincinnati byu play i feel like that would be that'd be incredible yeah it would be an awesome game to watch but you know obviously cincinnati being up there um at number seven at eight and oh is is the other thing and and then uh and then florida clemson or Florida A&M and Clemson all being ahead of them in the rankings with one loss um, is interesting as well. Um, but, you, you know, yeah, BYU down at 14, they've got, they've got Georgia, who is 5-2, ranked at number 9. Now, granted, their two losses were against Alabama and Florida, but they got absolutely blown out by Alabama and Florida and yeah, I bet Florida. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah, it was all over Florida, and they they just you know the the, the quarterback for Georgia, Stinson Bennett. He 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 hasn't impressed me thus far. Um, you know their defense has been subpar at best, and that's supposed to be the strength of their team. And I don't know. I just I feel like you know obviously BYU had a lot of games scheduled against other opponents. Utah, Michigan State, Arizona State, Minnesota, and Missouri, um, and Stanford, even though Stanford's kind of down this year. But they had games scheduled against all of those teams that got canceled. So, um, you know, they beat Boise State. They beat Houston. They beat Navy. Um, they've got a pretty competitive schedule, and I, I, I just feel like, you know, after Oklahoma's big win against um, – against Oklahoma State last week. I kind of see them jumping into the mix, but, you know, they, they hopped over BYU, as did Iowa State, Indiana. It, it, it just, it, I don't know, it seems a little skewed to me, and I wish, you know, we could get them a little bit more marquee games to uh, to play because I think it would be interesting to see um, where they were at. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on was, uh, was of course, the Chanticleers. Um <laughs> they uh, they got jobbed a little bit too because they're all the way down at twenty, and I think App State is a good football team. Um, to be completely honest with you, of course, every year, you know, being a board member at the university, I'm obligated to take mm-hmm. the Chanticleers and ride with them. Um, but they, they shouldn't have covered that game against App State. They got an interception late in the game, very late in the game, to be able to cover it. Um, and so it was a close game. I think App State's a pretty good team. Their quarterback, Zach Thomas, is a good player. Um, and, you know, they, they beat them pretty handily. So, I, you know, I think they should be getting a little bit more respect than they're getting, too. So they're down at 20. BYU's at 14. Those are my two. And Cincinnati's at seven behind Florida and A&M. Um, and 
you know, we'll see how that shakes out at the end of the year. But those are my two big points on the on the college football ranking. Okay, and so well, we do actually have a big weekend of college football um, ahead of us, and it's it's a couple days away from now. So maybe not that many people are thinking about it. But Chris, you're our best college football better on the podcast by far. Um, what do you got this weekend? What are you looking at? What are the Luso locks? Of this weekend, so I'd be remiss if I didn't mention first and foremost, of course, our Chanticleers at a Conway, Carolina, laying sixteen and a half at Texas State. Like I said, you keep taking the Chanticleers until they don't cover, and I I tell you to do this every week, and it it, it works every single week. So we're just gonna I've bet it every yeah, single week. We got we got to keep doing it. We we got to keep rolling <laughs> with them. We absolutely have to keep rolling with them. Um, I've also got uh, Notre Dame at North Carolina. It's a bit of a scary game. A lot of people have been calling for this game to be a trap game for Notre Dame this year. But I think Notre Dame's a little bit different. Not necessarily Brian Kelly's play calling, not necessarily Ian Book throwing the ball well, but the battle in the trenches is what I'm looking at here. Uh, North Carolina's got an explosive offense, a pretty decent offensive line. Um but they're more of like a they're more of a, a, a run and shoot kind of offense. So we will see how effective that is against the Notre Dame defense. But I think the Notre Dame offense is going to control the ball on the ground, take the possession time away from North Carolina offense, mm-hmm. and ultimately end up winning this game by at least a touchdown, in my opinion. So I've got Notre Dame minus five and a half. Um, I've also got Florida laying a big, big number here. I know it's big, but twenty two and a half against Kentucky. Kyle Trask has been in Heisman contention for the whole year. I look, I look for him to continue that bid this week uh, against Kentucky. Alabama put up 63 points against Kentucky last week. I watched Kentucky drive down the field. They were on the three-yard line with a first and goal. The next play, Alabama got a penalty, which was half the distance to the goal, automatic first down. They stopped them on the goal line, and then Kentucky continued to hike the ball over the holder's head to the logo, and Alabama got the ball on the 50-yard line. So that's the kind of bullshit you're putting up with Kentucky. So we're taking uh, we're taking Florida minus 22 there. Um, we're also we're looking at a lot of big numbers this week. I feel like this is a mm-hmm. th- 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 this is a week where you know the favorites are are, are going to roll in college football, and kind of it's it's a it's a get right, get right week for a lot of teams. Um, I don't have Oklahoma State on the card, but you should take a look at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is minus 11 and a half, um, taking on Texas Tech in Stillwater. Um, and um, I look for them to get right after the after the pretty bad loss to Oklahoma last week. Um, next, I got Clemson, uh, minus 23 and a half at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just cannot score enough points to keep up with Clemson. And even if they were able to do that, the deep, Clemson's defense is too good, so just lay the points with them. And Clemson's probably fucking pissed off after that bullshit they put up with last week. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, with, with the game getting canceled at Florida State, yeah, that that it's ridiculous. They've been putting up with it. I think it's just, this is the second time it's it's happened they, they, that somebody's canceled a game against them. Wisconsin's been doing the same thing. They've been canceling games all year, and look what happens. They lose to Northwestern last week. Um, tough, tough time, tough time for, you know, all around for, for teams, but it gives them too easy. It gives them an easy out, which I don't like, you know, very often when, when you, mm-hmm. yeah. when Florida state's coming in down, but 
Next uh, game I'll actually be at the Iron Bowl. Um, Ooh. Auburn at Alabama. Uh, we're we're going to lay the 24 and a half with Alabama. I know I've got a uh, – I know I've got a, Chris, we need a live report from the uh, game. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a live report from the game. No, no problem. I'll, I'll FaceTime. I'll FaceTime. Thank you. Um, but um, but uh, I, I, know, I don't like laying this big of a number in a rivalry game. But I think Auburn is really that bad this year. I, I don't I don't trust I Bo Nix. I don't trust the offense that Gus Malzahn's put together for uh, for Auburn. So uh, lay, lay the big number there with with Alabama. Um, next, I've got uh, Oklahoma at West Virginia. Oklahoma's laying ten and a half. So I told you to take a look at the get right game for Oklahoma State, um, but. I think Oklahoma is starting to kind of, you know, be able to get things settled with Lincoln Riley and Spencer Rattler at quarterback. Um, and I think uh, I think they beat West Virginia by more than ten and a half. It wasn't by any means their Super Bowl last week against Oklahoma State, even though I know it's an in-state rivalry game, uh, and you know it's a big game every year. But uh, but I, I I just I just think Oklahoma is good enough to beat West Virginia by more than ten and a half. Um, and then for the final bet. Of the weekend, the ten-point sweetheart college football teaser of the week. We're going to bring Oklahoma. A, a guaranteed bet for me. I guaranteed, of course, of course. We're, we're bringing Oklahoma down to minus one. Appalachian State looking to bounce back after the loss to Coastal Carolina, taking on Troy down to minus four, and we're going to bring Florida from twenty-three and a half. Down to 13 and a half, and that's important because you crossed that 14 key number there. Um, you know, mm-hmm. taking on Kentucky, like I said. Obviously, I listed Florida in the best bets, so I think this game could be much more than a 14 point number. So that's why I like them in the tease this week, too. All right. Luso's locks. I mean, Chris is the best college football gambler I know. So I, I literally, like, to the listeners, I take Chris's picks. And Andrew, do you as well? Every week I text every Tuesday night for a little Maction. I ask for a little Christo lock advice. Absolutely. All By right. the way, uh, a bonus Maction lock. We got Buffalo minus 7.5 this week. Buffalo minus 7.5. I believe they're taking on Kent State. Unfortunately, it's not on my television at the time being because they shifted the Mac from, from Tuesday and Wednesday to the week to Saturday this week. But we like Buffalo minus 7.5 at Kent State. Yeah, really quick before we wrap up. Today is actually like a very sad day of sports. There's just nothing going on. Brutal. We get college basketball starts tomorrow. Um, and just listeners, I love college basketball. We are going to get heavily into college basketball on this podcast. Don't worry. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much. This has been episode 61. This has been a fantastic podcast of us going through NFL Week 12, talking a little NBA as well, some college football, Christo, Kyle, Josh, Big Dog. I love you all. God bless. See ya. Happy Thanksgiving, boys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone who listens. We here at the Pineapple Couch are thankful for you listeners. Eat some turkey. Eat some gravy. Drink a beer. Have a great day. Watch some football. We will talk to you this weekend. As always, this is the Pineapple Couch. We will see you next time. Thank you.
Thank you.